Josie Tarantino, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm okay. Man, you? you are just... Look, man, I must admit, I watched your latest video, and I really enjoyed it. I know you're going gaga for balls and all this type of stuff, and you're getting all this positive reinforcement. You don't know what to do with yourself. Do you? Positive reinforcement does nothing for me, so... You are, one thing about you. I'm okay. I gave you a compliment, and you got all, like... Mm, when I sell more cars, it will be great. Mm. I'm like, Jesus, man. I'm giving you a compliment and you still, you're still like in a pissy mood. I can see why there's a high suicide rate in Finland during the winter. Stuck in there, all dark, nothing else to do, disheveled, eating whale blubber. I'd be upset too. We don't eat whales. Right, okay, reindeer balls. Anyway, dude, you know what? It's time to do a podcast. We have to do this intro. So you just wait right there. All right. Okay. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed, Nitro is the glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number one, zero. I can't do six because I can't raise my other hand, but you get it. I'll do five and a one. Episode 106 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And joining me over, oh, that way, that way, no, this way, that, ah, that way is my co-host and my partner in crime, the late, the new YouTube director and superstar, Josie Tarantino. What's up, Josie? How are late. you? Am I dead now? You, you might be. I don't know. I, I felt like killing you the other day, to be honest. So had you been within grasp, like within arm's reach of me, you might not be alive right now. But anyway, that's just a normal day when dealing with you. What? Right arm's reach now. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, it's you're on my bad arm side. You did a good job. You're on my bad arm, so I can't get you know. Actually, no. Yeah, there you go. I'm all confused with this stuff. What's up, Josie? Great video this week I, or last week. I watched all 45 minutes of it. I remember when this like you we Which was talking. Was about, excuse me. Which one was that? The one where you uh, was talking about how pillow wall cars drive, and you you really looked at. Uh, what really struck me was looking at um, Mayfield on that that coming out of the corner and the car just wanted to get squarely and he had to make that adjustment and that's like one of the big issues I've heard with the MBX8 so that that cleared up a lot of things for me but it was good I watched all 45 minutes of it I have not watched your Savoia bromance video yet because it's two hours long but I will I promise I will but great video and um, good job man and hey you know what before we catch up you need to get away from. You need to turn your volume down on your, on your, on your headphones, because I'm hearing myself come back through. Because you're very close to the mic. Before we go on any further, Joseph, we have to, uh, a few uh, thank yous and sponsors to uh, plug before we do anything else. So let me do that right now. First off, I want to say 
Thank you and shout out to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Thank you guys for all the support. We appreciate it. We've done two years. It's the end of the year. This is the last recorded podcast. Next week, we'll do our Christmas show. So thank you guys for the support. <clears throat> and everybody that rocks a decal, rocks a shirt, a hat, <clears throat> we greatly appreciate it. And we look forward to 2021 and what we can bring for you guys. Shout out to all the patrons on Patreon. I greatly appreciate you guys. We have some giveaways for you guys this week. Uh, we're doing like a trivia thing for the Christmas show. So it will be for, for the non-patrons. Uh, they have a chance to win. But also our patrons, you know, because they're patrons, they have a separate set of gifts because they help keep the bills paid. So I took some money from the Patreon money, bought some gifts, and a couple of companies donated some stuff. So thank you to the patrons that keep the bills paid here at this podcast. So you guys' help has helped keep this going and hopefully will help get us to races next year. Uh, shout out to all of the, hey, sorry, if you wish to be a patron, you can. There will be a link in the written description of this podcast. You can go there if you wish to help out the podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Also, I'll start putting links to Joseph's uh, Patreon here because he's doing good stuff because we have some, we have some things to talk about as well. Uh, before we go any further, I would like to also thank our awesome sponsors. First up is Mayako, the mysterious company. Is her again. They released another post this week uh, on Instagram and Facebook. But uh, they've been making these posts uh, probably every week. And it started out uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And it started out with, first was vision, limit, design, talent, grit, racing, victory, legend. And now they've posted Mayako. So here's what they sent me in my email yesterday about this latest post. Here it goes. This is what they said. Mayako. We can only succeed by focusing on your success and enjoyment. This brand is not for everybody. Soon, you will understand why. Because of this, we have time to focus on you. This is the beauty of Mayako. Here we go. We still don't know anything else about Mayako. And uh, Joseph, have you heard anything about this mysterious brand? Uh, now you've just taken me off screen. Uh, anyway. Remember, also, Mayako is doing a giveaway. It's in January. Go to their Facebook and Instagram page. Follow the instructions. You can win a nitro buggy, an engine, and servers, like a complete race setup of your choice, apparently. <laughs> so Mayako is making a splash. We still don't know what they're making, though. So I don't know. Joseph, have you heard anything about this? I haven't, actually, but I haven't really heard anything because I've been busy doing my own thing. Yeah, you've been, like, a hurt, like, I don't even know what this like. Have you left that your office at all? Sometimes I live. Oh man, you you should have. You need to get out of Finland. Really, you do. I mean, it's great that you're productive, but I'm just worried about your mental health at this moment. Um, and thank you to the rest of our sponsors, man. They are Techno RC, RCMX Online, Beach RC. Beach RC is having uh 12 days of Christmas sale. Go check them out. Get some savings. If you can use our affiliate link, it definitely helps us. Uh, tech, uh, I said Techno RC, Sun City RC Raceway. Unfortunately, things aren't looking too good in El Paso due to COVID. I think it's shut down a little bit. But when they get back going, uh, SCRC will be running. And hopefully we get to go there for RCGP next year. Manscaped.com. There's a lot of great deals for Christmas going on on Manscaped.com. I believe you can save even more by using our promo code, the no name, along with the savings that they are producing. So you can save a lot of money. These are great stocking stuffers for Christmas people. Go check them out. Cut through the jungle. 
Order your stuff. Support the podcast. I need to order some underwear because they're really good. And I actually probably will do that here soon and get them for the new year. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. They just came up with some new Baron oil. Check them out. Uh, Scooter's been with the podcast for a long time. They're producing great things. Check them out and um, use our promo code, the NNRC on checkout, and you save 10% off of your order. Racecraft USA, the command module. The Yeah Dude and those guys are doing good things over there in California. They're selling out these command modules. They're producing them. They look good. They're out-of-the-box advertising. I love it. Love these guys. Can't wait. Can't wait to go hang out with them in California next year. Awesome dudes. Shout-out to my boy, Wally Builds, still around. We haven't done a live with him. Maybe we'll get him on next week. He's been busy, but definitely we'll be doing more lives with Wally in 2021. He's been busy. I've been busy. Shout-out to Rob's Oil. Remember, everybody, get your, all your Amazon product from www.robsoil.com. And also, shout-out to JQ Threads. You know, got some hats up there. We, we, we have some JQ Threads hats to give away next week. Which I which we which I bought. So you're gonna get some cool JQ threads. That's, I need to get me a charcoal gray one like that too, Joseph. So maybe I'll buy one for myself. And uh, shout out to Connor Ailers, man. Everything's buying buying is like placing an order and not paying for it. That's well, his buying. Well, I told you I will pay for that's it. How, I told you I will you pay stuff. for them. I told you I'll pay for them. Oh really? Yeah, I will. I'm gonna pay for them. But you need to give me a better pricing. You know, this is RC. You gotta give me a better pricing. Uh, but I'm gonna you pay are for what it. you hate, huh? I know <laughs> you are what you hate. I know, like I'm trying to get a better price from you, like like you know, I'm your boy. Like you should give me a better price, but then I should pay full price in it. So I'll pay full price. For yeah, him. but uh, I am gonna pay full price for him uh, to give away. And uh, shout out to Connor Ailers of Duluth Cranes, man. Greatly appreciate your support. Uh, thank you all of our sponsors. If your company, you're interested in. Uh, sponsoring the podcast in 2021, please contact us. We're going to be doing, if you you know, if your tier, if we have different tiers for everybody, we're doing, we're hopefully going to be doing, well, we will be doing proper professional video ads. That's what I'll be doing in our break over Christmas, getting all that stuff done. Josie, 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 what's up, dude? We missed our podcast last week. I got sick, then I couldn't get with Lutz, and then we couldn't get a time together, so we just took a break, man. I was sick last week. Oh, my gosh, man. I have never been on the toilet so much. I literally fell asleep with toilet paper in my hand, my phone in the other hand at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know how many times I went to the toilet in one night, but it was quite a lot. And what, what was nasty was that it smelled coming out of that end. But when I puked a few times, it smelled just like what was coming out of the other end. That's too much information. I know, yeah. but it's just, that's how bad it was, man. That's how bad it was. And uh, I got better by Wednesday, and then Lutz had like kind of wasn't able to do his thing, so I said, "All right, well, we'll just do it next week." So this is our last recorded show. Next week we're doing our Christmas show. We want everybody to join in. I think we're probably gonna. When should we do a Christmas show? Should we do it Thursday or Wednesday, Joseph? I think Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, we'll do is it, it Thursday. Live? Yeah, it's gonna be live, and we're gonna do it a little earlier because we kind of want to get the European. Uh, uh, fan base come over <clears throat> and chat so maybe we'll do it around 6 5 EST time uh, next Thursday we ain't sure like a lot of things at the no name RC podcast it's a lot of fly by your pants gypsy janky stuff so we'll figure it out in the next week but we do have some prizes we're gonna have trivia we want people to call in we want to celebrate Christmas celebrate the end of the year and then we're taking a break 
for about three weeks. I have family coming for Christmas. <clears throat> they're coming from well, my wife's family. They're coming from from America, and I'm just gonna enjoy my Christmas holidays and do some trailing with my son. And oh yeah, yeah, just just gonna enjoy things. Oh Joseph, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Hold on for a second. I'm getting excited. Have to take a hit of the asthma pump. <clears throat> uh, I did some RC stuff this weekend, Joseph. What's that? I went down uh, to Santo Domingo uh, with Alvin and a couple of guys that uh, Alvin I know from the off-road scene. He's really big in the uh, trail scene, uh, trail truck scene. So he's been growing that. And it's like a new group of guys here, <clears throat> like new guys that have gotten to it. So I went on to my first ever trail competition with my son and my wife, and I've never been to this place in my life. I never How knew many people? Um, I would say we had 20 cars there. 20 okay. cars, but it was, a, it was a good bit of people because people came with their families and stuff. And yeah, it was a really great event. I've never done this before. I've never been to one of these events. And I will tell you what, I got there and they, they prepped this. It's in this place called Lomas Lindas, and I've gone across this entrance so many times, but never even knew this existed up there. So I went up into a mountain. It's beautiful up there, man. Um, I'm going to do a video. I have all these video clips and stuff that I'm going to put together. But I went to this event, man, and they had this nice course, like bamboo bridges and all this type of stuff. Like It wasn't like it was a walk. But it was a big course, and you went down into the river, and then you came up in the main part. It was it was so much fun. It had every different degrees of, of like different terrains and all that stuff. And I'm gonna tell you, man, I'm gonna tell you that I saw some obstacles there, and I got nervous. And like you ever go to a, a track and you see like a triple, and you're like, oh man, that triple's awesome. Oh, I don't think I can do that. Or like something that makes you nervous. You ever go to a track and see something that makes you nervous, or gives you like butterflies in your stomach? Like a, oh, no. Of course you do. You do. I have. Uh, no, you, I don't. It's RC. It's not motocross. It, it does. You Come on. You ever go to a jump and see a section, and you're just like, oh, that's so badass. But I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Yes, you have. You probably uh, do. Honestly, I don't. Well, you don't count because you don't really have feelings that, that you express. You know what I mean? But anyway, I went there. Um, I saw a couple of obstacles. My son drove, so I was really excited. He did the whole course. We did it. His car broke down. I had to switch him over to another car. We had so much fun, Joseph. I did. I was super impressed with my Element RC trail runner that I bought from Beach RC. Thank you, Beach RC, for hooking me up. Uh, no good price on that. Go check them out. Super impressed with this car. Everybody was impressed with it, and I had a blast. And I had and I left there with a smile on my face. I started to get a little competitive at one point. Uh but I'm going to tell you, this isn't just like I, you would think, like I know you're not into this type of stuff, right? Just I know you're not into this type of stuff, but I'm going to tell you, this, this isn't as easy as you think it is. It actually takes skill. It takes thinking. Like you got to look and plan where you're going to go. Yes, it's on a slower, slower, and you just got to know, like, and it takes thinking and you got to use, like you got to use common sense. And it's, it's, it can be difficult. And I had a blast. I left there. Uh, really enjoying RC. My my wife had a great time filming. My son had a blast. Finally, he wants to pick up a control. I had fun. I, I am in love with trail scale, and I will be doing more of it in 2021 and videoing it and documenting it. I was talking to Brad Geck yesterday, geeking out over it. Um, him and I are going to do some things here pretty soon. 
concerning it. So I'm in love with Scale Trail right now, and it's the only RC that I can do. But the good thing about this is that hopefully that these guys, I'm hoping that I can convince these guys to get into off-road or no prep and all this type of stuff. But check this. Here's the funny thing that happened at this at this event, right, Joe? So this is the DR, so it's always going to be something crazy that happens. So we're all there. And let me tell you something. All of us were using masks and being safe. Yes, I would pull my mask down once in a while, and I wasn't close to people. It was just me and my son and my wife to breathe because it was hot and stuff like that. But in general, people were using masks. Yes, the podium didn't take pictures, but everybody was using their masks and being safe and just enjoying themselves. So anyway, we, you know, other people were coming on again, swimming in the river and stuff that had nothing to do with the event. So there was, there's this thing in the DR where people steal river sand. It's illegal, right? But it's widely done here all over the country. But it erodes the, ri the rivers. So the government's been like kind of reinforcing the law about this lately. If you get caught, you got a big fine, like your truck impounded, all the stuff. So there was this truck like over on the other side of the river, like, and I didn't know what it was doing. I couldn't see. I weren't paying attention. So then we saw these two cops come rolling on on his bike with their shotgun, like the cop in the back of the shotgun, and they're going across the river on this bike. And this is like a little trail, one, two, five, four-stroke CC. And they're trying to go across the river. Like, this, the river's knee-high, like on a bike. Rocks and all this type of stuff. So then the one guy jumps off. He's running in knee-high water, right? Running in knee-high water. Loading a shotgun, and then all I see is like 10 Haitian guys and Dominican, young Dominican guys just go sprinting from behind the truck with shovels, like because they're filling up with shovels, right? 10 of them, boom, right up into the jungle. This guy's still running, fumbling, loading the gun. Like he's walking, like can you imagine he's running in a river trying to load a gun? And then all you see is the truck, like the driver get in and boom, haul ass. And we're all just there laughing and laughing at the police and laughing at like this whole situation. Like, like they, like they didn't, if they really wanted to catch those people, they would have caught them. That was so funny. That was the funny moment of my trip. I had a lot of fun. Thank you to Elvin Alba and DRC Super Hobbies. Uh, he earns like the hobby shop that Lewis used to earn now. So I want to thank him. I had a really good time. My son had fun. My wife got into it. Like, look at watching my son. My son did a whole course. I'm super happy for him. And he wants to do more RC. So, hey, I have somebody to do RC with. So that's me. That's what I was up to. That was my big joy. And this is, I was telling you that in 2021, I'm going to rediscover my passion and my love for RC and doing more RC. So this is part of it. So thank you. I, uh, I, had, a, I had a blast. I know you don't care about that stuff, Joseph, but I just had to say it. All right. How about you, man? Just finish winter, not, not doing much. Have you been, uh, have you finished, have you been able to go to the 10 scale track at all? No, I'm waiting for electronics. Ah. Uh. When I get the electronics, then I'll go. Another exciting thing that happened to me, and I almost forgot about this, and I don't know how I almost forgot this, but as you guys know, I'm a Star Wars fan, and something significant happened in the Star Wars universe last Friday. All hail, the king, Boba Fett, has returned. After 40 years of not being on the screen, the original badass, most badass bounty hunter in all the galaxy, Boba Fett, has made an appearance in The Mandalorian. I had literally had goosebumps on my skin watching this. It was so awesome. Everybody thought he was dead in the Sarlacc pit. 
but they don't know he killed that Sarlacc. And then another bounty hunter healed him up, and he was ch- and he found his armor. But it was so badass! Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for episode number uh, seven of the Mandalorian tomorrow. All hail Boba Fett! The king has returned. The king of the bounty hunters. To all my RC Star Wars fans out there, you know what this means. Hmm. The Fett is back. Another thing that Joseph doesn't care about. All right, back to. Not really. Back to the movie. Get over it. You get over it. But let me tell you something. I watched a podcast for four hours. Two guys, just like you and I, using this exact same software. They have 2.5 million subscribers and they had 7,000 people watching them live. I was one of them and giving them money. What are they talking about? This one movie, this one 30 minute scene, this one 30 minute uh, part of the series, like that happened last week with Boba. Uh, Mandalorian, it's like a series, Star Wars series on the Disney Channel that I've been following that I watch. So they're in their second season. They just talked about this for, and various different oh other things God. for four hours. And I'm like, I need to figure out. And I knew what they were. This is the thing. I knew what they were talking about. I knew because I've been read. I've read all the books and stuff like that. I was like, I could talk. I can, I can talk Star Wars with the best of them. So. It was just like us talking about silly season and making up, you know, it was cool. Speaking of silly yeah, season. Why don't we talk about silly season? We are, we are. But we, before I hang up. No, you're not going to hang up. All right. So enough about yeah, Star Wars. we're talking about scale, yeah. scale yeah. trucks and bamboo well, bridges you know and Star Wars. Well, Joseph, you know what? That's your, you, your problem in life is you're not eclectic when it comes to your RC tastes. Like me. So um, you, but your book. Let's talk about that. Invisible Speed is available for... For pre-order, it's getting a great reception so far. Uh, you can order it at invisiblespeed.net, I believe, Joseph. Yeah. So are you excited about that? Your book, all your hard work been finally out? The pressure's on now because now people have ordered it. Ordered it so When can people expect to get them? And they ship 4th of January. Okay, That's so no, unfortunately, people want... A lot of people, you know, were like, oh, it's expensive. And then a lot of people, I was like, well, you know, like, it's a book. You're going to have it forever if you don't go wrong. They're like, we want an e-version. I was like, well, you, a book. You can carry it, you know. Uh, maybe, but I understand the reasons for not doing the e-version. And I understand, hey, man, a lot of knowledge and time and effort went into this. I did get some... some Lucas called you out on a lot of your bad grammar which I have to talk to you about because you always call me out on that. So he oh, yeah? What bad grammar? Oh, no, no. He posted up your pictures and he says, I really like JQ, but man, he needs to get somebody to proofread his stuff. Well, maybe he can give an example then he did. of the he bad did. grammar. He did, actually. He, what he, was the example? I don't know. He didn't give an example. But I mean, he put the... I just said that he, he should give an example. Then put, you say he did. He and put, then I ask, what was the example? And you said he didn't give one. Uh, can I finish? Can I finish? Before you go into your rambling... He put the, the screenshots, the pictures that you took, and he pointed out the bad grammar in there. And then somebody else concurred with him. So, where, was the, where was the example, I, though? I, on his Facebook page. I didn't pay up. Do, do I look like yeah, I care about bad picture, grammar? Jesus Christ. Probably do some I, American. Does it look like did I, I... didn't spell something with a Z. No, I think it's more about commas and stuff like that. But uh, who knows? I don't know. And about the price, you know... I think I thought a lot about the price. What what price would be good? So now it's like sixty five euros 
whatever that is in dollars. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that people spend that amount on one set of tires. Well, the sponsored guys, maybe two. So basically one weekend of racing is at the very least that, that amount, Mm -hmm. probably more. So if you can spend that kind of money on one weekend of racing, then I'm sure you can spend it on a book that would last you as long as you race RC. That's how I kind well, of see it. Looks it. Like it's, it looks like people have kind of agreed with you. I mean, it looks like you've sold quite a few, but I know you need to sell more. So check it out. Um, I, I've actually, I'm actually, thank you. We're going to give one away next week. And I, I bought one to give away as well. So we're gonna give it well, we're gonna give away one to uh on the on the show next week and then one on the patrons to the patrons and I and I'll probably get one myself later on to have her in the office um get you sign it and say Lefty is truly the greatest. And thank you to Lefty. If it wasn't for Lefty, I would have never done this book. Yeah. And an ode to Lefty. You don't look too imp- people do want you to sign it though. I, I yeah, guarantee well, they you. Are, the aren't coming here, so I'm not signing. Right, in. but I guarantee you, if you go to a race and people know you're going to be there, and if it's good, they're going to be like, "Can you they sign?" They can my bring book? it. Yeah, they bring it and you sign your book. That'd be cool, man. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself. Then sign. I can have a real book signing, like Digani was making fun of me. You before. should have a real book signing at a race. I would think that would be I awesome. Got, there if was we, no book, but Greg said that when I got when I have like a setup clinic or whatever. He, he always called it a book signing. So now it's a literal book signing. Well, you know, I would love, we, tr- we tried to do that in when we went to South America, like get the little posters where you sign. I would love to see stuff like that at races, you know, and then little yeah, kids. See, I always thought that shit's lame. No, so I, well, never, you, never like really do, you don't like doing it at motocross races? No, I think it's super lame. No, I don't. I think you're lame. Uh, I think it's actually really cool. So I don't care. Hey, man, do you see that Elon Musk wants to race RC cars on the moon? I saw that. I I don't understand. You and him are so much alike. I, I honestly think if you guys had a conversation, it would be just like, I think you guys could read each other's mind. and be like, you just make subtle movements with your eyes and be like, oh, I was thinking the same thing. But um, yeah, Elon wants to race RC cars on the moon, man. What do you think about that? I think it's cool. Yeah, I think so. I want too. to see. I want to see the video of it. He says he has drafted a legendary Ferrari designer to help. He should have just drafted you. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we could get like Elon Musk to back JQ racing. Oh my gosh, that would be fun. We would change. We would change. RC GP on the moon. Yeah, there would be <laughs> no limits. On the moon. No limits to what. Uh, let me. Uh, let me. That's making my internet a bit choppy. <laughs> Imagine the jumps you could do. Is it one-sixth of the gravity or something? You would need to have uh, rocket <laughs> propels. Because you would if be you in the air. The, the, if you hit the jump too fast, you might never land. Yeah, you would have to have rockets to like... <laughs> you would have to have adjustable rockets that you can... When you're in the air, you can propel yourself like and land, make, make yourself land. I don't know. It's going to be awesome to see that. Anything that gets RC cars in front of the main, I would prefer to see RC people doing this, but I guess he needs proper, like super rocket science engineers to do this type of stuff. So 
Elon Musk, man. Sorry, guys. Um, just uh, sucking on the holes here. My uh, my allergies have been acting up. Winter times, it's lovely here in the DR. Winter time, beautiful. It's been raining for the last few days, but very beautiful. Yeah, man. Nothing else really to say. I did see something cool, real quick. Uh, Wesley, remember Wesley from Next Level, Wesley Lawrence? Yeah. Well, remember his track that he had for the RC track? It was like three levels. He's made it into like a little um, mini bike motocross track. Like it's an RC track, but it's bit, you know it's pretty multi level. And he's been having people come there and race on his track and all. That. It looks pretty cool, man. People are having fun. I thought that was pretty cool. Mini bikes on an RC track. Very good. All right, Joseph. You know what? It is time to go into the Manscaped uh, RC news. This part of the podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. Go check them out. You can check out their lawnmower 3.0. I personally have one. Uh, I have to get some new blades for them. I use this to cut through the jungle to find my manhood, which I have to do here soon before Christmas. So check them out. Also check out their awesome boxers. They're, they've got the, I use this, I, honestly, I use the ball deodorant, but I don't use it on my balls. I use it as the deodorant for my body, like, you know, spray it on my shirt because it smells so good. That's a nice musky smell, Joseph. Like, you know, I think I think when I spray this, my wife loves me more. You know, so maybe that will help you out too. Uh, and just check them out. Get there. You should send. Uh, you should send Savoya a Manscaped Christmas gift. He's all about balls. <laughs> so that's your new bromance. I think he'd, he'd appreciate it. I think that would. I think he could sell them in France. But uh, they have a lot of really Anytime great... I, have you noticed something, by the way? Yeah. Anytime I interact with any human being, <laughs> it's my new bromance. Yeah, because you don't interact with humans much. I don't. I yeah. fucking hate people. Yeah, yeah, I noticed. Can I finish my ad read here, please? Okay. Okay. You need to get some Manscaped uh, in your life. Cut that. Definitely cut through the jungle. You have to cut through more than the jungle in your, in your case. But anyway... Um, yeah, check them out. Just fine, kid. Right. Uh, check them out at www.manscaped.com. They're having a lot of Christmas sales on at the moment. So you can save money there as well as using the no, the no name in all caps. You save 20% off your order and you get free shipping. So right now you can save a lot of money on a Manscaped kit and boxes and all that stuff by using that promo code and using the, uh, the Christmas sale promo code. So check them out. Thank you to Manscaped RC for bringing the news. Joseph. The RC news. Well, we have, because we have to catch up on the news that we 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 missed last week, which was all about silly season. But um, two things I wanted to bring up before we get into silly season stuff. We had one thing that really that really uh, stood out to me: Mason Fuller and Tom Rennerconnect legitimately beat Tebow at Hobbyplex last weekend. I think it was last weekend, or maybe it was this weekend. I can't remember, but legitimately beat Tebow there. Like he didn't flame out, nothing. They beat him. They were faster than him. And he's lost at this track before. This is a hard track to, to the locals that are really fast as an indoor type track. And the, the Fullers go there a lot, but the Fullers have been, the Fullers have been kind of chasing Tebow here lately at little races and stuff that they go to. But yeah, man, these two young guys yeah. legitimately. They both run Taylor. Yep. They legitimately like, Today. yep. Mason Fuller. Yeah, but it's a tiny indoor track. Um, yeah. 
Is they it? go there quite a lot, but so does Tebow. He goes up there quite a lot as well. And Seth and yeah, Dalen usually beat him. That would be to the TLR strengths also. Mm-hmm. Small indoor track. But they beat him. They beat him. And yeah. can't take that from him. And Mason Fuller mm-hmm. and his dad. Like, it's Mason, Mason, Caden. I don't know how Mike does it, man. Two two young kids full into racing. He, and they, they race a lot. A lot, lot, lot. Full brawl this past weekend, Joseph, and they pulled it off. It kind of felt bittersweet. This is the, you know, this is my first big American race that we went to back in 2017. And I've been going every year. I would like to go back. Yeah. Why do you like this? What do you like about this race so much? What are you doing? It was fun when I went the first time. What are you doing? I've been there twice, I think. You've been, yeah, you went there. We went there in 2017. And then you went there a couple years before that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just like it. Yeah, well, they went. It was a it wasn't as big as widely attended. I know this race kind of suffers from the time of the year. But Seth Van Dalen and Cole Ogden and like Evan Vale and then he had the fast Florida guys come up to uh to to do this this race. But Seth Van Dalen and Cole were the fast, really, really fast guys there. And Seth, man. He, I think he was started at last and last in the, in, at the at the start and made his way up, and um, man, him and Evan had a battle. It looked like near the end, and then Evan made a mistake. But yeah, Seth, uh, Seth, Evan Vale, Jackson Johnson, Colin Weatherholt. Didn't he used to drive a JQ? Derek Weatherholt. No, maybe both. Yeah, Dude. who's Colin? Is his son or I don't know? I can't remember how they're related. Okay. But yeah, Seth uh, won this race, and there was some drama actually. Uh, and shout out to Cole Cabrera, JQ racer. He jumped, uh, he bumped from the B main and finished tenth in this race. He's got you're gonna have to pay him some contingency, Joseph. And uh, Cole Ogden thirteenth. Oh man, he got docked a lap though. Oh, he got a stop and go. And sorry, that started a whole bunch of drama on the southeast stuff here. So. Apparently, I still don't, I still don't, uh, I haven't seen the video, but apparently there was a part of the track where a jump allowed you to like cut a part of the track off, like on a corner. And Lance said, if you go too far over, you're going to get Dr. Lap. But you, you know, you could still cut it if you stayed like, there was a way to do it where you could do it. I guess no, I got sent. I got sent something where he just cut a okay, bunch of the so, track. Okay, I haven't seen that, but there was like I, I like where the video I made uh, one of my fir- first YouTube videos. I think it was mm-hmm. was about track, track cutting, cutting mm-hmm. basically like that. Okay, I haven't Same seen thing. it. Do you have it? Can you bring it up? Or it was it? really shit, and uh, okay. I, I can't remember. Well, so, anyway, he got doctor lap for that or or whatever, and. I remember because uh, Mike Hill was there, so he was telling me about it. He's like, "Yeah, man, Seth was doing it," and he was like, "Right, like right on the edge." But he was like, "Right on the edge," like he was. No, 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 no. But Seth was doing it where he it was wasn't a track cut. Like you can do it where it's a blatant track cut, and you could do it where you just like jumped over the like where you still hug the pipe kind of thing. What they should have done is just put a pearl of doom there, don't you think? Had they put a pearl of doom? Yeah, like. RCGP. Yeah, that would have solved but everything. That's not what was on the video. On the video, okay. it was just legit cutting the track. Okay, I haven't seen the video, so I don't know. But I know this was a big thing, and Lance warned everybody about it. 
And then Cole went online and said that talked about Lance and all this type of stuff. And then Lance screenshotted and came back. And I'm saying to myself, this is exactly the stuff Lance said he hated about RC and why he left doing. I like Lance as an announcer. And he left RC because of this. But he's get I know he has to kind of defend himself, but he's getting all involved in all this drama all over again. Again, like he's doing the exact same thing he said he disliked and why he got out of it. So I don't know. Just some drama. I don't mind that type of stuff. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. Fall Brawl missed it. Congratulations to everybody that went there. It, it looked like it was a good race. And um, <clears throat> yeah. All right, Joseph. It's time to talk about Silly Season. So I don't. I've done a blog and two vlogs about this. You guys haven't read them. Okay. Do you have a list of all the moves that Pretty, you've mentioned in, in yes, the videos? Yes. But let's, okay, so let's, let's go through them. All right. So let's start with Lutz, who is a guest on this podcast. Thank you, Lutz, for coming on. I forgot to say that in the beginning. Lutz to WRC and back to Alpha. This was the most surprising move for me. I was completely wrong about this. Okay. I I can't believe it to be honest. So <laughs> I I said I've said before that um, at some point one of these top pros just isn't going to get a deal, mm -hmm. and then later on we kind of narrowed it down to like Lutz could be that person, right? And then now it looked like Lutz is that guy. Like he is the first top pro not to get a deal, and then he lands some unicorn deal. Well. Well, hold on there, buddy. Hold on. Hold on. Number one, I believe Nemo was going to offer him an, an extension of his contract from what I was told. Really? Yes. So he was still scheduled to be on Nemo next year for another two years or whatever. So that's not it. And when I talked to him, he said, this just came up all out of the blue all of a sudden. And I, I, I think that's how it happened. Because he asked to be released from his contract, I believe. So, oh, yeah. or, yeah, so he can start this. Um, I also found out that the, the company actually makes these cars in Italy. That's what he said. Have you found out anything about this company since in the meantime? I very much doubt they make them in Italy. That's what he said. There is basically no way they make them in Italy. I, I mean, I can't see how the price point would be good, still good. What? What was it called? WRC, World Racing Car. I, I, it's very hard to find information about them. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove, prove this right now. But anyway, go ahead. I'm just saying what he said. He's not, he's not hired by uh, WRC Italy. He's hired by WRC America. So, uh, yeah. Wait, there's an American company paying him? Yes. The distributor of WRC, apparently. I don't well, know if they get, share it or something. I don't well, know. Who is the distributor? Okay, let's put it this way. I don't know. If, if a distributor in America of a car that basically doesn't exist in America is paying lots, then where are they getting the money from? Well, is this an... It has, to be, it has to be coming from Italy as well. It has to be coming from Italy. Some, some, because these, these apparently these, the, the owners have some sort of money. They're, they're, the son races Formula One, Luca Giatto, and the father, Frank Giatto, uh, they make parts for Formula One. They race in Formula One. And they've been around since 1998. And they even have a 10-scale European championship in, in, in Sedan Nitro. But I can't really find out much information about them otherwise. Now, I did talk to a few of the onward guys here that, because Wallace Motorsport was bringing these in at one point. So I thought, yeah. okay, 
Lutz with Mark Wallace. But no, Wallace is going all infinity, even the off-road stuff. So uh, I've got mix, mixed results from, from the American drivers. Some say, yeah, it's okay. Some say it has issues, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I mean, I wish, I, look, I know you're going to be, I know what you're going to say, but I wish all the best to Lutz with this. But this is a really daunting cha- challenge ahead of him and another chassis brand and an already saturated market. You know, I think I counted almost 20 brands that are, are now out there, still active. And it's just going to be difficult, man. Another car, and I wish him all the best. And I, I just, you know, he didn't have a really great 2020. Let's be honest. He didn't have a great Montpellier. He didn't have a great DNC. And then he didn't race much after that. So it's just kind of, but it's a, it's kind of a double, but see, here's where it's, where it's work out. It's, it's kind of a double whammy for Nemo because if you really check it, uh, he came in. Yes, they didn't have a lot of, like Nemo had problems with stock as well, but it just didn't, like, we didn't see, like people can argue about it, argue with us all the time, but we just didn't see the mass amounts of uh, of Agamas at races like, like should have, we probably should see. You know what I mean, Joseph? Yeah, I know. We, I mean, I'll be honest. We would went, we went to races and we had a bigger presence with JQ Racing, and we don't have a top driver at all. I can't but help to think. Uh, I don't know. Like, was Nemo ready for them to for him to come on? Like, you know, remember when we was gonna sign Cavallari? We was you, like, we had a you had a whole plan. Remember we talked about it like on a, a drive. You was gonna, yeah. You was gonna. We didn't. We didn't have BTRC at the time. I think too. So we was gonna uh, stock up on stock. You was gonna move to America. Yeah, maybe not. We didn't. We didn't. We are still with Nick. You was gonna move to America. You know all that type of stuff and like focus on him. And I was gonna like do the shaking hands and kissing babies things, which you still need. And you would have been. You still would have been a racer. But I can't. I can't help but think, like, had we known Lutz was available, we could have gotten Lutz. And we, I think at that moment and that time, we was really on a hot streak. I think he would have done one. I think we would have done wonders with Lutz at JQ Racing at that time. It's possible, but I yeah, don't know. but it's it's expensive. Like, so I thought, okay, with Lutz leaving uh, Nemo, that that would free up some some space, because I mean, Nemo has still has. Tyler Jones, the Dark Horse. They have uh, Brandon Rose. They even have Steve Harris. They have some three decent young guys. Tyler being the best of them all. And but I'm hearing he's out at Nemo now too. So it's like a double whammy for for Nemo. Like you lose lots, you lose, you lose Jones after one year, and like you you spent all that money and really, yes, you sold some kits, but you did not get you. Know, you know, I think you can honestly say, people's like, but there were more Agamas. I heard about Agama more. I was like, man. It still wasn't like to pay the salary that it costs to pay these guys. You need to sell a lot more kits. I think people don't understand that. So I don't know. Yeah, Nemo what's... has always been a bit of a mystery to me, to be honest. That see that in okay. Let's get into this. I know that Hazelnuts got mad at me for that blog I wrote back mm-hmm. in the day, like four years ago. I wrote Darcy Market. The RC racing market is broken and it's my fault. And I listed all the brands in eight scale Mm -hmm. and I ranked them in a sense like, is this brand good for the industry or bad? And 
why did I say that it's my fault? It's because one of the problems was that it became too easy to make your own brand. So instead of having a few car brands, people started creating their own brands, including me. I was just some idiot racer in Finland. Instead of supporting the existing industry, I started my own brand. Mm -hmm. Okay, now arguably I had a bit more passion and vision and sort of there was something I was trying to achieve with it. But many companies, they just sell other people's products and then they figure, you know what? Instead of selling these existing brands, we could make more money if we had our own brand. Mm -hmm. And then they just sort of slap their logo on some generic stuff and then they have their own brand. So then we end up with a ton of different brands and no one is really selling enough. Now, I'm not saying Nemo did that, but that's just kind of a side note leading into the fact that I think an issue there is that Agama is the actual brand and Nemo is a distributor. Mm. So it gets a bit confusing almost because it's like, what are they really promoting? If, when Nemo promotes Nemo and Agama is like a side note, then in a country where Nemo isn't selling it, Agama doesn't benefit the same from that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. If Nemo doesn't sell Agama everywhere in the world. So if Nemo is promoting Nemo racing this, mm -hmm. Nemo racing that, and they have this driver and that driver, it's not helping Agama in some country where Nemo isn't present. I understand. So there's, there's like a mixed, mixed messaging there. But what is the car? Is it a Nemo car or an Agama? And then Agama has no presence, basically. Agama as a brand is nothing. If if Nima Racing stopped tomorrow, what would be left? Agama. What's the Agama Facebook and website and, and support and presence? What is it? It's like, it's basically nothing. So Nima Racing is the Agama brand in the world. Mm -hmm. They are what's keeping it alive. They are... Well, Ag Agama has Agama has always struggled in America. I mean, at one point, I think the best time they they were when they when they had like Gene and Greg and Quartz, like when Gene was important, and that's when they did really good. And it just hasn't been replicated since then. I don't think. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I think because the, it's those four things that you need that we've covered yes. before. You need yes. you need a good product. You need, uh, uh, I can't remember even myself. You need, you need I a, think good, you need a product. good product. You need, you need credibility. Mm -hmm. Then you need availability and support. Credibility is like the good results, mm -hmm. basically. You have a good driver. You need uh, good availability for the products. And you need mm -hmm. a reason for people to care about your brand. You need a valuable brand. Yeah. And my argument would be that I think most more than likely the product is good enough. It's good. This the product isn't an issue. Availability, I think that should be good too. I haven't heard complaints. Credibility, they've had it. They've had great results with multiple different drivers. I think the 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 fourth thing is missing for them. So the branding, the reason for people to care about the brand, that's kind of missing. Like Kyosho is 
great heritage and world champions and all that stuff. You know, it's like Ferrari. That's kind of RC's Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Mugen, similar in a sense, you know, long history and great results. And there's this, there's this, uh, so I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you get what I mean. Like yes. an old established brand that people respect. And then there are some new ones that also have various reasons for people to care about them. But for Agama, it's like, what is it? It's just some brand from Taiwan. And that's it. And that's kind of the same thing with WRC. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now it's Italian. But there's no reason for anyone to really care about the brand. What do they stand for? Who are they? Why are they special? Why are they different? Why should I buy this car? Well, I think that's what that's, they're hoping. That's missing. They're hoping. That's missing. Yes. Well, I think they're trying to they get that with um, with Lutz. If they, what I like about WRC, what I gotta say is that I like the fact that they are come from a racing, full scale racing background. So it seems like the owners are into racing, which you said is always a good thing. Yes, but I I just don't see it working. It's gonna out, be to hard, be man. It's that when you are in that situation, the reason why people run your brand is because they get a discount. And when you have, when your business is, or when your brand is built on the fact that people buy it because it's cheaper than something else, because the deal is better, I don't think it's a good or sustainable way of doing business. Because someone else gives a better deal and then, oh, they switch because the people aren't there for a reason. They aren't supporting the brand for a reason that's emotionally like connected to the brand it's the price so when someone comes along with an equal product and availability and credibility with good results but it's cheaper they just switch to that like if there's any kind of inconvenience any sort of inconvenience one batch of turnbuckles that bend like we had for example people are just well i'll just switch to the other one yeah pretty much so and that's you cannot get that you you cannot Build a brand and maintain good relationships with customers when with you when you have those sorts of issues and everyone does, unless the customers are into your brand on some level in emotionally invested in what you are doing in your brand. And that's what's missing from these companies. Exactly. You know what? That actually goes into our RC thought of the day and our rant later on. So we should just save rant some. now. I'm on it. No, we'll save some of that because we still have to talk about Many moves that are going on here. And we have questions. We have a lot of questions. So, all right. We know lots to WRC, Alpha. I wish him all the best. We'll see how it goes. It, it was a great chat with him. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Now, the second move, which wasn't really like I thought was going to be much bigger, but Joe Pillars, one up AE. Um, I'm guessing this is like a satellite team, like the factory tracks race team that all run AE stuff out of Midwest, like the horns and all that stuff. I like this. You should get him on the podcast. Who uh, actually ask him, ask him about that. Who pillars? Yeah, yeah. I said that in my vlog. I'll probably do it in, in January. But uh I was, you know, with pillars it was so much floating around like S works, uh AE, TLR, all that type of stuff. But he ends up at one up more, like their international manager, and they're going to be running these eight scale car. I'm sorry, AE cars. I see Jake Thayer's there, and I knew Borner Borner Crimes going there. 
I knew Warner Crime was going to go wherever, wherever pillars went. So I remember at 3 a.m. while I was sick on the toilet, he's messaging me and he goes, Muppets in space. You got to look at Muppets in space. You know what I'm talking about. So at 3 a.m. while I'm sick on the toilet, I'm looking at the scene of Gonzo looking in the cereal from Muppets in space. And I still didn't get it. And he was just messing around with me, laughing at me. Wait till I see him again. He needs to raise some nitro. That's what he needs to do. You know, we need to make Born a Crime stick as a yes, name. That's what I call name. him. Born a Crime, Matthew Gonzalez, if you guys want to know who we're talking about. Yeah. Who did a really good For, job. He's like Martin Davalos of uh, <laughs> RC. That's he's what. He's only like 18. What's the guy said? Yeah, but he's racing. He's. Uh, He's like racing stock when he should be racing modified. I think he should He's move up to mod too. Sell by date in stock. He's I th- done. I think he should move to mod, and I think he should race nitro. All right, Born a Crime. That's our campaign for next year. Yeah, racing but you racing mod. You getting away from pink pinyingers, racing mod, and getting your hands dirty and racing some nitro because you got some good cars now. You got those associated cars you can race. So you better go race some nitro. All right, Born a Crime because that's the glory. That's where you're going to make a name for yourself. People's like, you hate stock. I don't. I actually, if I'm right about this satellite team, this is actually kind of on my way, my thing of this is a road for young drivers to become a pro because they can be in the satellite team, like grooming all these stock drivers. And as much as I hate to admit it, the stock class is actually, can be actually the amateur class of RC. And that's how it should be. And that's the one thing that, that Nitro doesn't have. You have Sportsman and Open and all that stuff, but not really a different class that it, that takes, a, that, you know, there's nothing in eight scale that is done to the cars to make them slower or different. Does that make sense? I know what you mean. So I think this works for stock for electric racing and gets gets drivers to a, to a different level. So you'll see. I think this is what they're going to do. And then say, like, say Borna Crime's doing real good. He's young. He can bump up to the AE factory team, you know, like in motocross. I like this. Yeah, but that, yeah, I mean, I hope that's kind of what's going on, but I, I don't know what is. I gotta what get, is that one-up team who, with a team manager? Who wants what's to going see, on there? I should get Randy Castor on her too, in it. I should get Randy Castor and Joe Pillars on this podcast in 21. I will be, because these are all guys I want to talk to anyway. And, um, but, but then I was also thought that Pillars move would be pivotal to where probably Mayfield and Cav go. But anyway, he, he moved to, to this, so I don't really think Cav and Mayfield are in that picture anymore. So Joe Pillars, one-up team manager. I think this is a little different from him. He's always been a manager of a bigger team, a bigger team with a big driver behind him and all that type of stuff. So let's see what he can do this time around. Or well, doesn't he still have much more? Yeah, so. yeah, but I mean like a chass- as a chassis, you know what I mean? As a chassis, I remember you had Kyosho, you had yeah. Tebow, you know, you had the backing of Kyosho, all that type of stuff. And all that good stuff. All right. So let's talk more about bigger moves. So I think it's pretty much, I, I have not, okay, I, have, I can't confirm this because I haven't heard it from his mouth, but it looks like 99.9% chance that Cav is out at S-Works and to TLR. Would you agree with me there, Joseph? That's what I've heard. Yeah, I even I've heard this. I don't have confirmation, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, he's out at uh, raw speed, out at S Works, and in with TLR and Proline. Is this where Cav retires? I don't know, but I am so 
surprised. Yeah, because because did, didn't he have bad blood with TLR or something? Burn some bridges there. I don't know about that, but I just see the reason I think this is a bad move is that what he had going on for him was actually a pretty good sort of with the retirement yeah. move. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if he if he wanted to, most likely those could have been deals which remain as really good deals even after he stops winning. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that Raw Speed is a smaller tire brand based locally to him. Mm-hmm. He can literally drive to the factory where they make stuff, right? right. He can work closely with them on growing the brand and testing and developing and all that stuff. And that's what they need. They need a guy like that. Mm -hmm. Rospeed needs a guy like that. So even after he stops winning big races, he can still be a valuable asset to Rospeed. S-Works, similar kind of situation because they are nothing in America, but they need someone there and it can be something bigger in America, you know? Uh, So... I can see where he could have been a valuable player for them even after he stops racing to win. Now, TLR and Proline, both companies which once he stops winning, very easily I could see you're done. Mm -hmm. Zero, like, boom, out. Drake, long career with uh, TLR, done. You know, they held on to Fend. Yeah, it was the young guy winning. And it wasn't. Well, that's because he doesn't finish. <laughs> but uh, do you see my point? Yes, like, yes. I, I just think he had these two brands who co- sort of need him, and now he went to this big corporation that doesn't need him. Mm-hmm. Well, they really don't need him. Well, even now, I'm surprised that they even hired him. Like, for I, I, what? I'm, I'm, well, I had. Remember when we was talking about this two years ago? I thought that TLR would have been the best move for him back then. Didn't he race for TLR back in the day? He had success with them, I believe. Um, I just, I know that I believe S-Works wanted to keep him because they are going after the other Ryan too, right? And I think they wanted to have the Brian and Ryan show going again, which I would have liked to have seen. And that, and then only a year, is it two years or one year at Raw Speed? He ended it a year at Raw Speed. Just one, I it's think. It's like, yeah. he, he didn't the, even the Raw, really give Raw it a chance. Thing, the Raw Speed thing, I think, was really good for him. Like, that was a good place to be. The S-Works, I don't know, because S-Works, I think, I mean, okay. well, they are investing a lot of money. I think they're investing money from the owner's real business or something like that. It's, it doesn't make sense. If you look at the number of drivers they have and they're paying, they are, there's no way they are selling that amount no, of cars. Not in America. Not in America they probably sure. say that, yeah, yeah, of course, the RC side makes money or breaking even or whatever. I don't buy it. Not for a single second. Because you not only that, I M- think that... Mugen, Mugen, you can go to any track anywhere in the world and there will be a Mugen. Mm-hmm. Mugen is arguably the most popular eight-scale buggy. Definitely top three if it isn't number one. So it's, it's right there. Yes. They can barely pay Mayfield and Robert, two pro drivers. I know. Right? 
you can look at HB Racing, which also they have a bigger company behind them, Nighthawk Distribution. They're distributing all kinds of stuff and they own Orion and all, all of that crap, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe they are trying to run HB as a standalone thing, which funds itself. Now, they can justify paying Ronne Falken Ogden and I guess Adrian. That's it. And I don't know if they are and, doing that hot, but they've won the world twice. There's something good. You, you can travel around the world and you see HB cards. Yes. S works. You have in Europe, you have some places in Asia, nothing in America, basically. Not still, st- still not yet, but yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, but as of right now, yes, and you it's go been... to tracks in America, you don't see S works cards. It's not that. Popular. I think you will this year though. I but we are talking about now. Yes. So you could say that America is one third of world sales. Europe is more. one third. And the rest, one third America, one yeah. third Europe, one third the rest of the world. That's a basic breakdown of how it works. Mm-hmm. So they are big in Europe. Maybe Asia, you could argue. I'm not 100% sure on that. They have what? Cavalry. Fully paid pro, expensive Canas. pro. Canas. Canas, expensive pro. Boots, expensive pro. Yorn. Neumann also paid for sure. El, uh, uh, said Elliot. Um, who else? The, those are four paid drivers. Um, I'm sure they're, they're probably they paying some Asian drivers too. Maybe not a lot. I, I'm not sure about that. So, well, anyway, they have Cavalry paid, uh, Canas paid, Boots paid, Neumann paid yes. for sure. Then they have drivers who I believe get, they don't get paid, but they have travel. And they get 100% parts. Because, yeah, plus 100% parts. So these are drivers that are costing them money. Mm-hmm. So drivers like Medjubi and Bidmeier, I Pelle believe Thompson. they get some travel also. Yeah. I don't know about Pelle. But then they have drivers who are 100%. And I don't know how many, maybe 20. Don't forget about all the Italian guys, best. like... Uh, who else? Yeah, yeah, because they aren't paying for their cars, like all these uh, Ravaglia and uh, they have Wataru in Japan. <laughs> they Those guys came from deals where mm-hmm. they weren't paying. So surely they aren't buying an S-Works, you know, they're getting that for free. So they yes. have four top paid drivers, a bunch of drivers that get stuff for free, and some of them also get travel. And then they have a big team of drivers who are buy their cars discounted. So that's probably the majority of what you see mm-hmm. out there. You don't see a ton of yeah, people who that. just I go and buy a car at retail, okay? There is no way that that makes sense to have a, such a big team and spend that much money on it. So yeah, they are investing money and hoping for to create something for the future. That's I guess what they're planning to do. They have ready to run stuff and all of that, but it's all different deal. They aren't horizon, you know, right. Right. And even horizon, look at horizon. What, who are they paying as TLR? Do uh, they have four guys that they pay? Well, I'm sure they're no, paying. Oops, I don't think so. I'm sure they're paying. For racing? Um, well, yeah, if he goes there, then yeah. But right now, who do they have? Fend? Fend. That's it in America? Uh, uh, some kids, I don't think they're paying them. Yeah, they're not paying the kids. What about in Europe? No one? Mm-mm. TLR is 
Savoya. They had Savoya, and he's not. He's gone. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So I don't know. So it's weird. That, that side, sure, it looks suspicious in a sense, like doesn't make much sense but it could be a good thing too you know if you have that kind of money and you're investing and you're serious about it then it could be a great place to be yeah on the I, other hand if it doesn't work out then well yeah. that's seems the to same, be the, that's be, the same at any rc brand you could go well, to. well they have the money and we and let's be honest we we keep connecting and i keep hearing that they're really after mayfield right now and yeah. um i i've been I've been told it's been testing the cars and all that type of stuff. And it's been, it's been ongoing. It's not been, it's not something that just happened. This happened like a few weeks ago or, or a few months ago, actually. And well, we have to talk, we, we, okay, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's let, okay. We know that Cavs out. He's going TLR. Also something I wanted to bring up. I think this him. Well, having do you know to, that for sure? You just said you didn't. What, I that, haven't heard that confirmed. I I've had somebody confirm it, like they've they've seen him with the cars and all that stuff too. But I you haven't confirmed it. We have you know we won't know for sure until the announcements are made at the January. But it's looking like a ninety nine point nine percent that he's going to TLR, right? But if the TLR yeah. proline thing is true, that also opens up the can of worms that. We, that we think that if you're eventually going to be a, a TLR driver, you're going to have to run ProLine because Tran is now the, the ProLine team manager as well as the TLR manager, right? So now he's yeah. taking all that knowledge that he learned at J Concepts and going to apply it to ProLine, right? Whatever, whatever Horizon does of ProLine. But also if you look at all the team reps for ProLine now, uh, they are all TLR guys, and most of them are reps besides Evan Vale, who's obviously associated. But every other TLR guy there is, every other rep for ProLine is a TLR guy. And my yeah. thinking is, what about Fend? Now, Fend's a company man. Fend, I feel that I'll be surprised if Fend's running J Concepts next year. Maybe next year because he probably has a two-year contract, but after that, probably not. Yeah. I think that there's a risk that they are, are make, going to make a mistake or already made it. ProLine was a standalone company and brand open to everyone. Mm -hmm. Anyone can run ProLine. There's no conflict of interest. Horizon buys ProLine. There's no reason to make and create a conflict of interest there, right? But it seems like they are trying because but suddenly everyone's leaving and uh, suddenly the people and higher profile people who are running ProLine also run TLR to where if it ends up being a situation where only TLR drivers are running ProLine, basically, that's not good. That's not good for ProLine, you oh, know, you probably, in the racing team. You probably can so run their I package. I don't quite understand why they would even want to do something I like think this. what they'll do is just make that deal so attractive that, you have no choice but to run the pro line tires. You know what I mean? Cause the deal would be you run the whole shebang, but I don't know. Yeah, That's fine. But it shouldn't, even if every single TLR driver ran pro line, it can still be done in a way where a Mugen driver doesn't feel like mm -hmm. it's not a good match to right, run right, pro line. Right, do you right, see right. what I mean? Right. I don't, I think they'll do it more like what I said, like give you just, if you run the whole package, you just get a better deal overall. I, that's not my point. I know they what your point is. Regardless. I know what your point is. They could do that while still maintaining all the other guys. Mm -hmm. 
Drake I, could still be running ProLine and promoting ProLine. That's another guy who is on the move. Yeah, we. I haven't heard anything about that lately. Have you? Well, not lately, but I heard he's going to J Concepts. Well, here's the thing. I'm hearing there's the tire mafia is a little bit uh, going to have some competition coming up here soon too because uh, I see uh, Dean uh, Nitro Pro is coming out with tires. Hot races stepping up their game. Nitro Pro is that the fuel? Company? Yeah, they've bought in some tires. They were going to be pushing tires there in the southeast. And then I heard there's a new company coming out of California what as well. Tires are, what uh, tires? I, I is Nitro Pro. I have to. I have to go on their Facebook and really have a look at them. I haven't really looked at them. Um, so the Tire Mafia crew, they're gonna have some competition here. It's it's about time they got a little competition on the chassis. What the chassis competition has to go through. What new brand in California? I I can't say. I'm scared to see. <laughs> Off the record, you can tell me then after I the will. podcast. I I will, but um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a lot of um, a lot of tire choices out there, and that's like people who don't want to support Horizon could go to other companies too. So you know, I think we're gonna see an increase in hot race and uh, everywhere else. So that's that's good. Maybe tires can go down in price. It's the most. It's the highest. You know, it's a, the biggest consumable and costs so much, and you need so many of it, so much of it. All right, so we're still on S Works, um, Mayfield to S Works. All right, so we can't talk about this without talking about what's going to happen to Yokomo. Yokomo lets pillars go, or like cuts his salary in half. Uh, we know there's a couple other Yokomo drivers who contracts are up next year. Lee Martin, I believe. What's the what's the Japanese Natur? Um, What's the Japanese guy? Nato? Is it Nato? That's. Tiokomo? Yeah. What's his name? I said it in the vlog. I can't remember his name. Oh. I don't know. Oh. But the other Yokomo driver that, that we talked about, uh, their contracts are up at, the, at sometime next year. And Mayfield's contract, I don't know, Mayfield's contract's up at the end of 21. So oh, you mean the designer, Shin Adachi? Yes, Shin. Sorry, forgot about Shin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking Naato. Uh, Shin. My my question is, is this the end of Yokomo? Because like they just hemorrhaged all a shit ton of team drivers, like in America and apparently in Europe too. I think it's it might be a bit of you know how on the stock market when. People start selling their stocks and th- because of fear, like they think that something's going down and then it makes it look worse than it is and then it actually makes it worse than it is. There might be some of that. Maybe they, maybe it literally was like, okay, so they just have to tighten up a bit. They have a new budget. Okay, pay Joe half and cut this one guy and that's it. Like maybe that was it. But now because of that, it looks like it's much worse. So well, Joe was going to take a lot of people. Actually bad, or did it just now snowball? Well, this this goes to my RC thought of the day, but I'm trying to not dwell on that right now. But definitely, Joe took a lot of these ten scale guys when he went. You know what I mean? So yeah, and I think that Mayfield probably is in a situation where even if he has a deal right now. Um, he can't be confident in that he will still have it in years to come. Mm-hmm. And 
his Yokomo deal subs- subsidizes his Mugen deal to some extent, to where if he lost Yokomo, he couldn't just run Mugen. Like, that wouldn't be enough. He would need something else. Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many 10 scale brands available. Schumacher? Who, well, they probably don't have the money. Money to uh, money to pay someone like Mayfield because they don't really have a big presence in America, right. and I don't see them having one either. So, yeah, th- th- it would need to be a ten scale brand that he can run while running Mugen, mm-hmm. and that's difficult. Well, so if if he does leave Yokomo, he probably well, he needs to leave Mugen. Mugen also. And Swark seems to be the biggest contender, even though we hear AE there as well. Um, but mostly I'm hearing S works and I don't know. Uh, it's looking pretty good, but I, I think they're still in negotiations. I, if I think he's thinking like, I can see that like Yokomo or something, maybe Yokomo isn't going to be out. Maybe this saves them. You know what I mean? All these guys have these big deals, you know, cutting yeah. Joe pillars. didn't have to pay a salary to him. didn't have to pay a salary to Hirasa- to Masami, nothing. Maybe this saves them, but I think what... I mean, it was a while ago already. Yeah, but I think maybe what, what Mayfield might be thinking is like, man, I got I got family. I got to provide for them. Uh, and, you know, 10 scale is a big... Not only is it a big salary, but it's also contingency. And, I mean, Mayfield just likes it. Like, he likes racing everything. So maybe he's doing a preemptive strike, like, and trying to move to, to S-Works. Because so, S-Works, let's be honest, S-Works has the money. To pay him and um do what I think he I think I think he'll fit good at it's a pillable car, he's liking the the Mugen car, that would be good for him. He will struggle with the 10 scale cars, especially the two-wheel drive. Um, but I'm sure he will probably tell them what they need to do with that or help them with that. Do I think do I think Mayfield to S Works then just like boost S Works to get like a bunch of sales? No, because I don't think that um like Mugen drivers are loyal. Like Mugen loyalists will stay Mugen with Drake. You know what? I dis- I disagree with that. But I'm not finished. I think Yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'm not finished. I don't think you'll see a mass exodus of Mugen drivers, but what you will see is people who are maybe on the fence of S Works, they'll see they'll see Mayfield, right? And they'll be like, because you know, like a lot of people don't like Cav. You know what I mean? I like him. You and him get along. I like Kev, but a lot of people don't like him. Uh, I think you just need to get to know him. But he has had some blow-ups, and he has, you know, has a bad reputation, you know, of at an RC. But people like Mayfield, even though he he's kind of he does he gets you know pissed off too. But it will give the people that that run Swarks and probably were on the cusp of running Swarks, and I believe Swarks giving out really good deals at the same time. It gives us, it just pushes, like, if I was on the edge, Mayfield going there, oh, yeah, I'm going now. You know what I mean? But do I think he will bring a whole bunch of Mugen supporters over? No, because they'll stay Mugen. He will bring some, and I think he will help boost S-Works. If he comes in 21, you may not see it in 21, but you'll see the reward in 22. You know what I mean? Near the end of the year, you'll see it. Yeah, I think that... May, if S-Works were to sign Mayfield, I think it would be really good for S-Works because he brings credibility, but he's also the kind of, he loves RC and he's a, a tinkerer. He'll make it work. Mm-hmm. It's a different dynamic. Like 
I think I think that he is valuable to a brand like that. He can help to improve the product, but also the image and give give people a reason to join that brand. Yes, exactly. Where, yeah. So I just think that him as a driver has, is more has more value than only his results. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like people like him and people follow him. His driving style. His you know he is a bit more open and approachable. Yeah, I he's think, like- than most of the pro guys he's also like your average guy you know what i mean like he isn't all fancy he you know you see i i think he would be good for s work so if they really are investing for a few years and trying to build something then it would be the the right move i think for them and maybe they can then 2022 look back and they are one of the big brands you know they are one of the established brands and they have good distribution they have good team drivers, results, products, and they have all the four parts of the puzzle that you need. And, and then, yeah. And that means we get Mayfield in RCGP. Well, yeah, there's that too. I don't know. I mean, it would be quite disappointing if they signed Mayfield and, and then, then they don't have him do RCGP. Uh, I mean, why would you would even have him if you didn't do that stuff? He should do every single round, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's like having Lewis Hamilton and then he he only does half the races. Yeah, why would you even want <laughs> to do like, that? It's like, okay, yes, sure, it was great that he did half the races, but I mean, how many there's people a lot wanted more Mayfield, value if he does all of them. Yeah, how many people wanted Mayfield and RCGP in the first season? Like, wow, it's crazy. Um, well, they wanted lots, really, but I mean, you know, a lot of people liked when it Mayfield. So yeah, it's good. It, I mean, I think it. I think I. I kind of think along the lines of you. I think if he goes to S-Works, it's going to be a good thing. Um, I know. Also, okay. So we talked about the two big names. Uh, what do you think the possibility of him switching out of Yokomo Mugen this year? You think it's strong? Um. Hmm. I don't know, like sixty or seventy percent. Sixty or seventy percent. Yeah, I would have to say. I would have to say like that. I know the negotiations are ongoing. Um, I can't say too much because I'm still kind of under a gag order. But um, yeah, I'm being kept abreast. Don't worry, people. I'm still in. I'm in super camping mood right now. You can't even. You can't even see me with a thermoscope right now. That's how camped out I am for silly season right now. All right, so let's talk about some not-so-bigger names, but two very young, hungry lions, cheetahs, as I like to call them, who are, who are taking it, who are bringing it to these, these older racers. We're going to talk about the dark horse, Tyler Jones, and Seth freaking Van Dalen, who won for Brawl this week. But first, let's talk about Tyler. Out at Nemo, such a shame. Only did a year there at Nemo. I thought he was going to be good at Nemo, but... Tyler wants to get some salary, man. He wants to get some salary. He wants to get some travel. I think he's taking a year off of work. Sorry, a year off of school to actually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, give it a, a proper go at being a pro driver. So I don't understand this either. I, I mean, I, if I was Nemo, I think I would have done everything to keep uh, Tyler there. You know, especially after leaving Lutz, you kind of needed him. And if he was going to step up and and he could have, and here's the thing, he could have been the number one driver in America for them, period. 
He probably could end up being their number one driver, period, in, a, in the world. Um, he's on the move. At first, it, see, here's where I'm, where I'm a little, I'm a little confused. I'm hearing S works, but then S, I'm hearing that it's techno, right? And then he even messaged me, and he won't tell me where it is. He says you'll know more in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I don't know where it's going to be. I'm hearing it's techno confirmed, but then I'm hearing it might not be techno. I'm hearing S-Works might be back in the deal. But then I'm trying to think who else can, who else can, who else would, where else would Tyler Jones fit in? X-Ray maybe? X-Ray hasn't made any moves whatsoever. But anyway, let's just, let, let's just talk about the possibilities of S-Works and what I think and techno, because I talked about this in my vlog. If techno is getting Tyler, I don't understand why they, they, I don't think they really need him, to be honest. Because they have Tebow, they have Joe, they have Seth, right? I know Seth is also looking yeah. to get a salary and more travel, more support, because he wants to do this full time and like leave his real job and do it. And I think, I honestly think he should get paid. In 21, maybe not an exorbitant salary, but enough to, to where he can do this full time. And I think Tyler's on the, should be as well, a small salary. So what happens if Tyler and Seth are at techno? You know who's in trouble? Joe Bornhorst. Average Joe. Joe Bornhorst is in trouble because Tebow is doing too good with the techno and the experience is coming out at these bigger races that these guys don't have. And Joe has had a medium year, you know? And Seth is hungry. And Tyler is, I think Tyler's even more hungry. I'm, uh, he's now being called Tyler the Dark Horse. He's beat these guys, all of these guys before. That's something Seth hasn't done yet. He's beat yeah, them all before. Explain, explain something. If, if they have those three drivers, Four. and basically... Four. Three right now. Right, right they now they have three. Right. So Seth Seth TQ DNC SIC he was did well at uh, PMB. Second at PMB. Yeah, second, right? So how do they pay two two out of those three guys? I don't, somebody's not getting paid her. Seth's not Are getting you sure? paid. Are you sure Seth isn't paid? No, I, I believe he's not getting paid. He's getting some travel help. Uh, probably 100% parts. He might even pay for some product from what I'm hearing. I, don't, I, I heard don't the, I heard the Minnesota them, people, like his dad, his dad, when he won that A-man at bro, like been a big like post, pay this man. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I know he wants so to- So why is that? I don't know why they do, why they aren't doing it. Well, Maybe. you need to find out. I, aren't you the media guy? Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I haven't talked to Seth for a minute. Uh, Everybody's being quiet. I can't, and they know when I come, they're clamming up. That's the problem. They know when I start talking, like, oh, I can't tell anything to Keenan until it's closer to time. And I don't say anything unless it's, unless, I don't say anything unless the person says I can say it. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, I did talk about the Joe Pillars email thing. He didn't say I could say it, but I mean, it was out there already in the open. So I don't know what the situation, mm-hmm. but if Tyler goes to, if Tyler goes to techno, Mugen has Tebow, these four guys, Seth and, and, and techno are going to, I mean, Seth and Tyler are going to be battling it out for, they're going to be fighting each other. And then Joe's going to have to fight 
And then Tebow isn't safe. You know what I mean? So it's just weird. I don't think Techno needs a Tyler Jones. I think S-Works needs a Tyler Jones. And I think him going, if, if they eventually got Mayfield and he went under the, under Mayfield's wing, it would help him out a lot. But those are the only possible moves. I can't see it going X-ray, going, going X-ray. I think, I think him and his dad, I think his dad and Gord were bump heads. So it's, it's a conundrum. And he still hasn't said anything. And, 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 but he goes, to, he goes to Techno. I just don't see Techno needing this. But it's a good problem for them to have. They have, like, I still think, in my power ranking of teams when I do this video uh, next, next month, Techno is in my top three power ranking teams, if not probably one of the number one power ranked teams in, in RC right now except the fact that they don't have really a big presence outside of America. But in America, oof, they're good. What do you think about uh, Jones going to Techno and that whole, if they had four drivers like that? I mean, it would be quite crazy if they had a team that that's, that is that good. Tiba Bornhorst, Avondale, and Jones. That's a really good team. That's a squad. And also, I don't know how they can get away with not paying Seth. That's another really good <laughs> good one. Well, they're going to have to pay him this year. Somebody's going to have to pay him in 21. Yeah. Because he's, he's still been working, apparently. Like working construction while he's doing this. Oh, he has? Yeah, because I remember when I interviewed him, yeah, I come here from... I mean, what's... Okay, so... This almost puts it on Seth. Like, what is there something wrong with the guy? I think he's very, I think they're very, they really like the techno platforms and they like what they're doing. But I would tell him he has to go, he has to go shopping if there's not getting paid in 21. Where would you yeah, think, that's... where would Seth, you know what? Let's, let's look at this hypo, hypothet, hypothetical, or is that the word I'm looking for? This possible scenario, Joseph. Let's, let's check this. What if, what if? Mayfield's out. Mugen needs a, t uh, a driver, right? We know Mugen's very frugal. They don't like to pay. But that could be a great place where Seth ends up. But he still, I just, he still needs that that's guy. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. You know that, Kenan? I gave you, uh, it's 10th of December. Yeah. At 2020. Give you another compliment. Yeah. Where does, who fills Mayfield's 1143. Shoes? Yeah, that, that, that's a really good point. If Mayfield is going to S-Works, then Mugen definitely should sign Seth. Yeah, that's where I would go. He don't have to run 10 scale. You know, yeah, if he, he can focus fully on 8 scale, he work will get, with Drake. He'll have Drake yeah. to help him out. He can run He can run the whole freaking Mugen flashlight, flash, flashlight, flashpoint engines, whatever they do. But this, like... Honestly, where does, like, if Seth should be getting paid in 21, and if Techno isn't going to do it, he should be somewhere else. So it's like, this is, this is the whole, like, honestly, like, if, I, if, you, if you could imagine, like, I had one of those boards with yarn, red yarn going to different places and pictures. This is what my brain's like right now, trying to put all this stuff together. Yeah. So let's say Jones to Techno. I, if I'm Seth, I'm, I'm, I want out of there. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, well, let's put it this way. So you seriously think that Techno is currently paying Tebow and Bornhorst, not paying Seth, and would sign 
Jones and pay Jones. Like you, in your mind, that's a realistic scenario. Yes. To me, that makes zero sense. I know, but here's the thing. Jones wants to get a salary. Yeah, but if Techno does that, and if Seth... I don't understand it either. Techno ...without getting paid, then that makes no sense. None at all. Then he must be brain damaged. Maybe somebody else point. is on the move at Techno. So either you are completely wrong with your theories, or then something's... These are all theories. Just, just for people to think, these are all theories and, yeah. he- and rumors. So why don't you talk to the people involved then? And I did talk out. to Tyler. He wouldn't tell me where he's going. Techno is a sponsor of this show, aren't you? Like all buddy, buddy, Are they going to tell them? me either? Because I'm going to say it. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think that's confusing. Like when I heard, I would think that Tyler would be better like going to HB too. Like, don't you think? Like, I mean, yeah, but they already have Ogden. They yeah, but I think Tyler's else. better. Well, they probably don't think so. They've worked with Ogden for a I while, know. and they're going to stick with that. Yeah, and they have Heckert coming up behind him. But, yeah, I just don't see this happening. I, I think Tyler going to S-Works would be a better deal for him. But if he does go to Techno, then that leaves what I, – if I was Seth, I'd be on the phone with Adam Drake, man. I mean, he's not gonna. Mugen's not gonna pay him a bunch of money, but they'll pay him something, and then he should be getting like he's, you know, because people have to understand you get paid from all your other, your other sponsors as well. You need to get a check from them. So it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of stuff, and we won't really know. Like even my 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 information stopped coming in. People haven't been sending me info, so I'm gonna have to start digging around her. And when I'm, when uh, we go on our Christmas break or before Christmas uh Christmas show next week, so. If that happens, like, if all four of those guys stay at Techno, then Techno has a fucking squad going to 2021. Techno can rock up anywhere in America, anywhere in the world and probably win a race with that squad. I would say, oh, nah, I was about to say, if S-Works squad works out, S-Works has a, a deep squad too. Jesus, Boots, Canass, and, and possibly Mayfield if it happens. And Yorn, Yorn can, is Yorn still fast? I don't know, man. Silly season, man. It's been, it's been, it's it's really been emotional this year. And here's the thing about silly season: I thought we weren't going to see anything happening, but you said you you thought it was going to be a busy year. Now, what about Tessman? I don't know. Like, what is like? Is he going to stay pro line? Is he going to J Concepts? I, all of that's going. Oh, huh? Shopping cart. Shopping tires. Yeah, but I, I've heard that maybe it's not J Concepts now. So, well, no, if Drake is going there, then Drake would have been Drake's the most viable option. Like we we talked about it on the on my vlog, but I haven't really heard anything about any of these moves. So I guess we'll know. I guess we'll have to do a show when all the moves are made, and then we have to analyze them and and check them out. So, it seems like Drake to J Concepts and Cavalieri to TLR and Proline are. The, the ones that are most secure secure I guess it's Mayfield gonna, maybe yeah who else I, I just know your completely wacky theories we'll have to wait on that well I know Jones is out at Nemo oh uh, but then see he confused me and said he, he's gonna race 
I can't. I, I can't say it. I can't. I don't know if I can say that out loud. I'll have to hold that information in to later. But anyway, whoever gets the dark horse and whoever gets Seth freaking Van Dalen, they're gonna have two awesome young. I ain't scared. I'm not taking any shit. I'm here to be a champion, not a fanboy. Racers on their hands. Don't you think, Joseph? I actually Time think. Tell. I actually think Seth needs to get from under Born Horse and these guys and and kind of get on his own where he can do his own thing and 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 flourish a little bit more. But if they all stay with Techno, oh my gosh, it's going to be a power struggle at Techno. Who's going to be the number one driver at Techno? Oh my gosh. That's going to be a race to watch every race they go to. If all four of those guys run Techno, who's going to be the top Techno driver? That Techno is making yeah. some big moves, man. Big moves. All right, Joseph, enough about silly season. Uh, we talked about that for quite a while. Uh, we still don't know. What's going on? All I know for sure is that unless you've been doing some super secret planning behind my back, I know JQ Racing isn't signing anybody this year. And I was fired. Huh? Yeah, you was fired. We're just hoping we could get to races. You know what we need to do, Joseph? We need to do a, a USA tour next year, if possible. We haven't done a One last tour in the janky JQ van. The van is fine. It's got a flat tire, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, we need to do a tour. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, we, but we stopped. It would like, be, it would be fun time. to race again. Yes. I haven't raced in a long time. This is, this man, I am, I am, got my fingers crossed. I'm, my toes crossed. Everything that we can get, we can get to DNC in February. Like, I need to, I need to smell nitro. Like, I need to see this stuff. I need to, you know, like, I like DNC. I think it'd be great at Thunder Alley, too. And I like to be there. I like Thunder Alley. I miss, like, I miss being around the, the atmosphere of being around the people. You know what I mean? Talking to people, seeing people that you get to know. and all. I miss all of that. And then getting to see these guys race. Oh, my gosh. I hope so. Please, please, please. All right, Joseph, let's go to, you know what? We are going to go to the Beach RC Bench Racing Q and A. You ready, Joseph? Okay. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So, fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Yes, thank you, BeachRC. And Lucas and all Brent, everybody there at uh, Beach RC Brick and Mortar Hobby Shop. I just ordered I ordered some more gifts there for my my son and myself for Christmas. Hopefully, it gets her in time. Thank you guys. Uh, hey, if you want to support a proper brick and mortar hobby shop, who just is hitting it on all cylinders, online shop, badass track, going to races, providing support, hit up Beach RC. We have an affiliate link. It will be in. The written description of this podcast. If you guys can use it, it will be greatly appreciated. All right, Joseph. So we have a bunch of questions. This is going to be a very, very long podcast, but I'm going to try to 
to go through the questions and so we don't have repeats because we have two weeks of questions here. Two freaking weeks. Okay. All right. So the first question comes from actually Chris Christo. Hey, LTG. I have two questions for consideration for this week's podcast. Number one, what does Beaker use to design? What software does Beaker use to design JQ cars in? Two, JQ recently bought up the top four 10 scale buggies to, te to, to test and compare. Is this just a guise for him to gather data to, to develop a 10 scale four wheel drive buggy? Man, people really want you to make a 10 scale car. Yeah, if there's a company out there that wants a 10 scale car, then contact me. I have a couple of designs. I'm not making ones myself. But you are going to test I the cars. These, yeah, I got these for a video. It's okay. literally just going to be a video. People say that they are copies of each other. So I, I'm comparing them, seeing if they are actually the same, seeing if they drive the same, and I'll make a video about it. What, what are you going to do with the cars afterwards? Sell them? The Yokomo isn't mine. Tony Sport was nice enough to send me one. So thanks to Reinhard Brothers and Tony Sport. And uh, X-Ray I bought, and I borrowed a Losi and an Associated. You know what? We need to get Mark Reinhardt on this podcast too. Uh, what software do you use to do the design with, Joseph? Uh, SolidWorks. Okay. Thank you, Chris. There you go. Jay Zellner. Nima's biggest fan. What's up, Jay? Latest news on RCGP. Numbers in El Paso look really bad. Should I no longer bother pricing plane tickets? Well, you'll know in January, right? What they finally decide to do. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a month away. I can't really see it happening, to be honest. It's not looking good. But what people have to understand is that this is not the end of RCGP. It just means that this run may not happen. You know what I mean? That's moved or cancelled. I don't know which. Yeah, it might be moved, uh, but the second round is still going to be going on in Europe. If you know, yeah, it's and then it's going to come around. Maybe we do two European. Maybe they do two, two uh, US rounds in two weeks at the same time. That'd be great. Yeah, make a change in the track. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's not looking good. We'll see, man. Hopefully things change. A lot can happen. So the call will be made in January. Edwin Ortiz, what are the main causes of traction rolls? Well, I think relevant for us, I think the roll center, a high roll center really is the main thing. So if your links are very angled, so low on the tower, then that causes the car to flip over a lot easier. So if you raise the links on the towers, then you lower the roll center and the car doesn't want to flip over as easily. Okay. Eduardo Rossi, they had a nice race here in Brazil here recently, uh, in the rain too. And and what type of track and grip level would you, would would more or less front and rear camber game be desired? More or less camber gain in the front. Front. Well, honestly, I don't. Okay, more or less front and rear camber gain. To be desired can be desired well camber gain is linked to roll centers so when you have a higher roll center you have more camber gain or if you shorten the upper links you have more camber gain so i i don't 
I don't think about Kamba gain as something to adjust. So when I make an adjustment to the car, I am not adjusting it so that I have more Kamba gain. And the reason for that is that those other things that change when you adjust something that increases or decreases Kamba gain are so important. So it's actually hard to distinguish that which is which which thing is making the bigger change in the handling, the camber gain or the other thing. Now I would say that the the roll center height and behavior is more important than the change in camber. So that's what I would prioritize. So I don't really know how to answer his question. I don't make changes in setup to uh I don't make changes in setup in order to adjust camber gain. So maybe if he could ask a question that he wants the car to do something specific, then uh, then I could answer it. But th- like this, it's a bit difficult mm-hmm. for me to do. So, Is this in your book? Like, well, yeah. They, yes, it's all in the book. But yeah, I even mentioned this point about camber gain in the book so yeah like for example when you go shorter links yes you have more camber gain but the relevant thing really with that is that the car is more responsive okay that's why you would do that you you wouldn't do that because somehow in corners you have more better camber like no you you do it because the car is more responsive so yeah I think okay. So I have one thing to say about camber gain. Okay, oh, gosh. it's good to it's good to know that it happens because if you know that you, for example, like I just said, raise the link on the tower, lower the roll center, you know that there's less camber gain. Then you can compensate for it. You can add some static camber at the same time when you raise those links. So you are doing two changes at once, but the second change of adding camber is compensating for the fact that there's less camber change and the performance will be better. That's maybe the only time you should consider the camber gain. So compensate for the other changes that you make that affect camber gain. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That got you talking. Jeff Reichhelt, I believe is up in Canada. Canada. Any updates coming for the JQ for JQ Racing in 2021? I get this question uh, a lot. A lot. Well, there are some big announcements to come in 2021. Oh, really? Yeah. When am I going to learn about because these big announcements? Years. It's been 10 years. So after you've been doing something for a decade... Uh, you need to take a real big, good, detailed look at everything you do and figure out what's good and what's not. And that's what we're doing. So I guess you'll have to wait another month or so, and then you'll see. (laughs) Awesome. I I guess I'm going to have to wait and see too, because I'm kind of in the dark with this stuff too. Uh, Yeah. Connie Swenson, House of RC. Please, everybody, go sign up on your profiles of House of RC. It's important. This is like, we're trying to get, I, I like this because it's like a census. Now we can really find out how many people race 8 scale, 10 scale, and all this type of stuff. 
So please go to houseofrc.com. I believe it's houseofrc.com and fill in your driver's profile. Uh, we're trying to get this going. There are, you know, the, we're a partner with them at the RCGP. Um, we're a partner with them as well at the No Name RC podcast. So I've been helping Connie out a little bit and he'll be coming on her once a month to talk about it as well. Have you contacted Musk to sponsor RCGP to take it to the moon? Well, we talked about this. We would love for Lusk to yeah. uh, sponsor the podcast. I'm, uh, well, the podcast, yeah, of course, but sponsor uh, <laughs> something in RC. Woof, that would be awesome. Benjamin James. Actually, I actually talked to Benjamin about this. What do you think about the possibility of getting Nitro Racing on television like Velocity or Motor Trend or even something like Mav TV if network TV isn't possible? Well, I think we can get it on sh- streaming streaming services but we need a product to give to them we've talked about this many times the product that we currently have in rc is not appealing to spectators so it's barely appealing to the races yeah i mean rcb gp is trying to do that but you know like anything and it costs like how like i think people just don't understand like rc caters to such a minute number we want to make rc cater to people to get into RC. Not We don't want to cater to the people already in it. We want to get new people in. And it costs money to do that stuff. And I think you even have to pay these companies. But it's hard to get a big outside company to look at RC when they say, well, you only cater to 250 people at a race. I want to cater to 250,000. You know? People have to understand RC is really small. So We'll see. Magnus Berglund. Will the cost of tires go down when there are new companies in the game? Are we going to see more trop do- trop t- top drivers run without a tire sponsor? He says, for me, as a hobby runner, the cost of tires is the thing that will make me quit. Well, you know what, man? You are not you're not wrong here. Tire costs are expensive. We use tires quite a lot. Tracks are dictated by tire... Co- tracks are dictated by racers who want smooth... You want smooth tracks... If lots of traction, it costs something in tires. So what do you think about that, Joseph? Yeah, I think I was actually on a main website a while ago and just saw the retail of tires, mm-hmm. and it's really expensive. I remember back in the day, I would pay it was something more like $40 a set or something, like $20 a pair. But now it's like $70 a set, basically. That's a lot of money, really. Oh, they have to pay. They have and to charge that much to pay for all the people that they sponsor. No, it doesn't work like that. I think tire tire business is really the only sort of really good business, maybe in on the racing side of RC. Like the margin is okay there, but yeah, it's expensive. Maybe yeah. I will agree there. Too, too expensive, really, for an active racer. Who you need a sponsorship to, to race. Have all the tires. You need a sponsorship to race with the tire costs like that, you know? Yeah. They're making the money. The tire mafia, tire mafia, man, they run RC. It's kind of funny because you can buy a motocross tire for that same price, <laughs> basically. How many? You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. Chris Trudeau, I posed this question to Travis and Colin on track walk, but I'm curious for JQ and yourself. What was the most significant move in RC for a silly season? Was it Kinwall to Losi, Volker to Mugen, 
Boots to S-Wax, Lutz to Techno, Greg to JQ, Testman to X-Ray. Does silly season mean the same now in the present day versus 90s and the 2000s? Obviously, we didn't have the internet, so we had to read about it in magazines. I think silly season's bigger now because of people like me who freak out about it and are trying to learn everything about it. Your blogs did a lot for silly season too, you know? I think people are interested in this stuff. I would say like something like, um, you know what was a big stunner? Yes, Kinwall to Losi was a big stunner. I think Greg's move to Habao was really big in that time. Like, it shocked everyone. When Drake left TLR. TLR. I think, I think Drake getting, like, me leaving TLR is probably the biggest, to be honest. Yeah. That affected TLR a lot. They lost a lot of drivers. TLR is just getting back from, from TR is just getting back uh, to when they let uh, Drake go back in 2016. So it's taken them four years to get back to where they kind of were. And they're still working hard at it. So I'd have to say that. Do you think Silly Season was a bigger deal in the 90s or no? I think it's a bigger deal now because everybody can see it. Before you had to actually be at the race or know somebody that knew somebody that knows somebody and have their number. But now everything's at the touch of your phone or your fingers on your computer. You can look up stuff. Would you agree? I don't know because I wasn't listening. I agree. <laughs> agree on what? I don't know. Do you think Silly Season's a bigger deal now than it was back in the day? No. I think back in the day, moves were, people didn't move as much. So when they did, it was a bigger deal. And they, they actually swung where you went. And there was less brands. So, but I think now it's, I think for me, it's, it's about the pros and we're not going, I don't really like all the guys who are like, I like, I've seen regular guys be like, Oh, silly season here. I got so many decisions to make. I saw one driver. I don't know how this guy still gets a deal. He's out of Texas. He knows who he is. You know who he is too. He, I don't know how he still gets deals every year from a different company. Like, I just don't get it. He is, I've known this guy in RC for I know who it is. Yeah, you know who it is. We've been shooting guns with him. Uh, it's, I don't know how this guy always gets a different deal every year. Every, ever since I've known, he's driven every car out there, I think. On, on a deal, I might add. But uh, yeah, I think silly season for me is a big deal. I love it. I enjoy it. I think I blew my load in like two weeks, but I haven't heard any information lately. So I don't know, but I would say Drake's move it's probably one of the biggest ones. I'd have to agree with Joseph. Adam Camacho, what is the latest buzz on Ty? And can JQ talk about narrow and pivot, narrow and wide pivots in relation to track, track traction, track traction and corner rotation? Latest buzz on Ty? He's in Canada, freezing his balls off. I would assume he's he lives in he lives in in uh Alberta. It's probably he's probably looking at snow right now. But uh, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about him to TLR. Oh, sorry, to changing chassis or or going to. I just heard about tire shopping. I don't think he's leaving X-ray. I don't think any companies out there can afford them. 
You agree with me there, Joseph? Yeah, I don't see him leaving either. Yeah, maybe a different tire brand, but surely he would still stay at X-Ray. All right. He wants to know about narrow and wide pivots in relation to track traction and corner rotation. Is this going to be a, a super long explanation? No, because I'll I'll uh, make a video about this also, but I can... Uh, yeah, quick, quick synopsis. I can just quickly talk about this because uh, I talked about this with... What's his face? Degani's nemesis in 40 plus. Oh, Sicarello. Oh, uh, Sicarello, yeah. Yeah, because he doubted your last video. Yeah, he doubted my whole thing about when I sort of, I explained the difference in handling between C-Hub and Pillarball and how the rear hub is actually a big player in that. Mm -hmm. Maybe most people only look at the front, not taking into account the rear end. So, Basically, he thought I was dead wrong. Then he came around and agreed that I have a point. But his point was also very good, which which was that the wide pivot actually um, it plays a big part in what I explained in that video. So the sort of on when you get on power, how the rear wants to turn the car. With a narrow pivot, it, that effect is less. So what's happening is that the wide pivot actually amplifies the effect of uh, the rear end wanting to swing out on power. And like I think you mentioned earlier about the Mugen, how people were sort of people talk about the rear end not being super stable and all that. Well, that's that's a big reason for it. That wide pivot. So I'll, I'll really sort of think about this and try and explain it sensibly in a future video. But basically, I can't even remember the question, but the narrow pivot, long arm, is more stable. Everything, it gives the driver and the car more time to react to everything that's happening. So it's just more calm, more stable, more consistent grip. And the wide pivot is uh, the opposite. Everything happens quicker, is more aggressive. So it's sort of more on edge. The good thing about wide pivot, more corner speed. It's automatic corner speed if you maintain control of it. Narrow pivot, long arm, less corner speed. But for me, I would say narrow pivot, the way to go. And uh, 10th of December, what is it? 11 past noon where mm -hmm. you are, 11 past 6 p.m. here. Just watch. In the future, those wide pivot cars will magically go back to narrow pivot cars. <laughs> yep, it's going to happen. All right. We have a few more questions. These are from, these are older questions from the week before. Uh, Connie Swenson. Actually, this is from this week. With my Yoda, which do you which do you prefer, the child or Grogu? I'm cool with both. I will call him Grogu. I might have a Grogu joining us here on the podcast here soon to to bother uh, Joseph's life. Chris Boyder has Nate Robinson woke up. I think that's a guy who got knocked out by a YouTube guy uh, a couple of weeks ago. RC Kevin with his the new track they got going up there. Who is the biggest loser winner of silly season? Well, we don't know who's finished yet it's a, it hasn't finished so we, we don't know will will jq convert to 10 scale with him stuck in finland jq 
Uh, there's no way. No way. He asked again, what is Mayako? We don't know. We're waiting to find out, just like everybody else. Yeah, but apparently I'm uh, behind it. Who said Have that? Have you heard that? No, I haven't. I wouldn't be surprised. A bunch of people. <laughs> But you know what? I I have to take this as a compliment. Because as soon as something different happens, something unique, you know, then apparently I'm behind it. So I can take credit. It's good. If you pulled this off behind my back, it would be something I would be shocked. Let's put it that way. I don't know what this is, but now I'm thinking. Anyway. I mean, I like it. Anything that yeah, I like enters it the industry and I get credit for, I'm happy about. As long as it's not an eight-scale buggy. <laughs> Fully support. If they pay, if they help to pay your salary, good on them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, good on them. Evan Osborne. There are many different shock piston designs out there. Conical, tapered hull, angled hull, one-way flaps, etc., etc. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of info on what these designs are trying to accomplish. Or what situation you might want to use them on? Would JQ be interested in doing a YouTube video on this? I think that would be a good. Vi- that would be a hard YouTube video to do, but I think you could do it. You know what? There's a great book that explains this in detail. Invisible cool? Speed. It's yeah. called yeah, InvisibleSpeed.net, and uh, it basically it just costs about the same as a set of eight scale buggy tires or a weekend at the races. So get the book and learn all about shocks and pistons and all that stuff. Sweet. Chad Thomas. I'll also do a video on it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> we need to do yeah. our video too. I'm going to do my power team power the ranking rankings. list. Yeah, we, it's, I mean, we've delayed it for a month Yeah, I now. think we, we should delay it till after silly season anyway. No, no, no. We need to do no, it We'll now. do it in my break when we take a break from the podcast. We, we need to do it now and then we can redo it in the spring. Okay. After I'm going to do a power ranking, team power ranking video. Chad Thomas, why no two-speed transmissions in eight-scale nitro buggy? You don't need them. That would be just one more part to fail when you jump and all that stuff. You know, we're not doing a two-speed transmission. Yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Yeah, we, we, it's, it's like motocross. We just need power. You know what I mean? To clear jumps and... A little bit of top end. So, who are JQ hiring? A new team manager, I heard. I'm sorry. No, they're not. I'm still here. Nobody. We're not hiring anybody, unfortunately. Maybe in 2022. Well, wait until January. Huh? Wait until January. I don't even know what's going on in January here. I'm going to have to, you know what? If we get off this, I'm going to have to ask you because I'm I'm worried now. As my job might be in... It's just a scam to be, keep people interested. I don't know what's going on in January either. Jesus. Something has to be going on, right? Something. says it's just a scam to keep people interested. You're not supposed to say stuff like that, you dummy. What? Am I too honest? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to scam you. Like, oh, yeah, that's really going to work. Uh, no, I don't... I don't know. I don't trust you. You always got some something up your sleeve, man. You've been so quiet there in Finland. One minute you're my best friend, and next minute you're fucking me off. Ah, what do you think I should do about this? You want to talk my ear off, and then two minutes, then two days later you're like, "Don't talk to me." You're worse than a yeah. You're worse than my wife. Magnet. Okay, we got oh, a few yeah, more questions. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's a long podcast. We remember we haven't done a podcast in two weeks, so 
Are there any more brands I should know about? These guys that hired Ryan Lutz, never heard of them. I'm with, J I'm with JQ. What happens when they get tired of spending? This is Magnus from Sweden. I don't know, man. I hope uh, WRC's got a lot of money because they're going to need it. Evan Osborne. And then again, this is about WRC because these were from when Lutz made his, his announcement. WRC, yet another eight-scale buggy manufacturer. If this market is so saturated and there is no money to be made, why do more people keep getting into it? If they are successful or just have deep enough pockets to stick around for a while, who will be the first eight-scale buggy? Who will be the first eight-scale buggy, buggy to leave the market? Ooh, that's a hard question. Serpent. Yeah, that's a good one. Serpent. What's going on with Serpent? Nothing. They I think don't the on-road... Their on-road program is dead in America, apparently. I don't know how true that is. But here is a prompt. When the day... I can, I can trace back where, where Serpent's problems start, started. Where the demise of Serpent's off-road that started where they were at a really good spot. No, and I can no, I can tell you where Serpent's problems started when they decided to make off-road cars. Well, okay, probably. But you do you do comment that their off-road car is very good. It is good. I'm not saying that it's not good. Excuse me. The cars are good. Yes. Okay. So we know yeah, that they're good. The thing, but they are like they're an on-road company. Okay. Okay. So if you we, we, we get that. Putting the effort and passion into off-road, then don't do it. Well, they did. They but listen, listen. When Paul was their team manager, he was doing a great job of Serpent. Serpent was big because I had just started with my team manager stuff. As soon as they got rid of Paul, Serpent just died. Simple. They had really yeah. good regional drivers. They had uh, Billy going to races. They were doing well. They died. And, I, and unfortunately, I think they're probably going to die eventually here. They do still have team managers and stuff like that, but I just don't see it. I know in England, they're pretty big, but it could be one of the companies I see dying uh, right away. So we agree with that. He also asked, why do people keep putting uh, manufacturing companies? Sometimes you got to understand, man, there's, some, there's fact factories over there that just have eight-scale cars out there waiting for somebody to... Put a name on them. Am I not wrong, Joseph? Oh, yeah, that's that's right. So somebody has a little bit of money. Oh, I like this car. I'm going to put my name on it. No, no engineering into it. Just put my name on it and I'm going to sell it because I think I can I can make a team. Now, if you now some people take those cars, they put some the earned touches on it too. But yeah, there's, there's factories of just have eight scale cars lined up for sale. Like there's so much going on. So somebody thinks they're going to make money. Maybe they want to write off some taxes. Maybe they think they're going to do things different. I know for, for, for sure I wouldn't start a, a brand new chassis company like in off-road. No way. All right. Um, Ma Magnus, oh, that's the same question. All right. Right RC. So is JQ building four? So JQ is building four 10-scale buggies. What has been his favorite build so far? He does. He knows the techno buggy and truggy. And truggy ten scale share ninety percent of the parts. Just saying, ten scale buggy and truggy and baby truggy. So, what's been your favorite ten scale to build, Joseph? Uh, well, the X-ray I built was pretty straightforward. Uh, Associated two is straightforward, easy. TLI I didn't build myself. 
the Yokomo I built, and Yokomo reminded me of how Japanese kits are. Like I hadn't built a truly Japanese car in a long time, but actually I have them here still. It comes with all these spaces and washers and stuff that they just don't make sense to me. Like why? <laughs> and all different sizes and thicknesses, and it's just amazing. So there's a bunch of them here left over also. Hmm. Like every, every just if you have a hinge pin and there's a, two parts there, just let's add a shim there. That's probably what they are thinking there at the factory. So then every, every place has, has shims as standard. I, I don't, know, I don't know why. It beats me. And then two different places, they don't have the same shim. They're different. So, so you can't put the same shim in all the places. And then also, let's say you put multiple shims in one location. They aren't all the same thickness. It's like, okay, put two of the thicker ones and one of the thinner one. So I don't ever want to hear people complain about the JQ car being complicated. No, or that M4 nuts like in. That, right? Never, ever again. Yeah, too many shims. Yeah, it's just interesting. I found it. Like here, I have some leftover stuff. It's one, two, three, four. Four different types of shims. I don't know, dude. Yeah. But that's that's pretty much left over. That's all the questions that we have for this week. If I missed some, I'm sorry. Uh, some are left over from the previous week. I probably got lost. I appreciate everybody who sent in questions. Thank you. Uh, remember, check out Invisible Speed. Please check out BTRC. They're having a, a bunch of savings going on for Christmas, 12 days of Christmas save, sale. <clears throat> and if you can, use our affiliate link, which is in the written description of this podcast on YouTube, Podbean, whatever you listen to it, will be there. Joseph, we have to go on to the SCRC thought of the day. This is pretty quick. I've been thinking about this for a while. And then <clears throat> the interview of, of Ryan Lutz, then we have to come back for the rant. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me have a little bit of water before I get into my, my ad read here. The air conditioner is drying out my throat. All right. So today's RC thought of the week is brought to you by Sun City RC Raceway, home of El Paso's world famous old school motocross inspired eight scale off road track. Track sports handicap access accessibility, covered pits. And drop gate starts if you wish to use gate starts. This world-class facility has everything needed to give you the professional feel with the amazing country views to match. SCRC has four acres of, of parking with plenty of room for RVs and trailers. The racing can carry on into the night with a well-lit track as well as a well-lit pit area. SCRC is privately owned by the Showers family, Joey, Christian and Corbin. I think Corbin's joined HB Racing. Congratulations, Corbin. Good chassis. All of those guys are cool except Joey. <laughs> you, I, I swear, you and other people named Joe, they'll get along. I can't wait to Joey Shawa sees you again. Uh, they also, um, they, they have 20 plus years in the RC community and Joey Shawas absolutely loves JQ. They, are, they also have all the own equipment. They can make frequent track changes. Uh, to keep races entertained. And when they have bigger events, they hire people like Anthony Westergaard from Factory Tracks to come in and build their tracks, professional RDs. Please go to their Facebook page, 
follow them. And if you're in the, when things get better in El Paso and you, and I guess when people can get outside or whatnot, go check them out and turn some laps because track is badass. and hoping we get there next year. All right, Joseph. So during my silly season spaz out for two weeks, uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Joey Fisher, he bought up something. He's a 10 scale guy, stock 10 scale guy. He bought, he bought up a topic. He bought up a, a quote. And it actually makes a lot of sense to me. He said, 10-scale guys follow the driver and 8-scale guys follow the brand. When he said this, I was like, this is going to be my RC thought of the day. And I think he's right. I think he's absolutely right. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. Like, I mean, we can look. Okay, well, Joe Pillars, he's a driver, but yes, people are following Joe Pillars. But I think it's right. The 10 skill guys are more into the drivers because I heard a lot of the 10 skill guys like, oh, Lutz is going to make everything great and do this and do that. I'm like, okay, calm down. But eight skill guys more or less follow the brand. Wouldn't you say that? You did say it earlier, but let's really have a look at it. Because I know there's some brand loyalists at intense scale too, but look how many of these guys are all Yokomo. For years, and now all of a sudden, like, yeah, I'm AE. AE one up, or wherever they're going. Schumacher or whatever. Yeah, I guess there's some uh, truth to that. Well, look at stock racing. When a stock racer does well, they get sale, They get a percentage of the sales from the motors that they're running at a particular race. So people buy this motor because that guy was fast with it. So it does make a difference. But in 8-scale, like, if you like an HB car... It doesn't matter that Cole Ogden leaves and and probably Stefan or another driver comes there. It will probably mean something if like David Ronnefelk left because he's been really pivotal in the last few years of building up HB. But people will stick to that brand, I think, because they like the car. I mean, look at us. We don't have a professional driver. We have you. The farthest thing away from a <laughs> professional driver. And that was actually fun. <laughs> you know, and, and people are into our brand and follow our car. Yes, I would love to have a pro driver. You need to sound, save that as a sound. You know bike. what? I told look somebody. At look at us. We don't have a professional driver. We have you. <laughs> you know what? I told somebody the other day. I told somebody the other day, the best time to get Joseph, there's two times. I said, at a race, it's either he's doing really good and he's confident and he's hitting beers. And that's, that's a good Joseph you're going to have right there. He's going to be happy. He's going to be helping everybody. Or I said, he's got to the point where he realized it's complete, a complete waste of time and it's complete shit. And he's, having, <laughs> he's drinking beers probably before 10 o'clock in the morning at a race. That's when you know you're going to have a good Joseph too. Anything in between that don't even make sense trying to talk to him. Aye, aye, aye. So what do you think? I think this is true. The 10-scale guys seem to follow the drivers more. Uh... Eight scale guys seem to be a little bit more brand loyal. Like, like I said, I don't think the Mugen loyalists will leave Mugen if Mayfield goes to S Works. A few might, his close circle, but uh, even if Drake left, I don't think you would see a mass exodus of Mugen guys because it's just been a solid car. I mean, I still love my Mugen. It's there on the shelf right there. My MBX7. Huh? Why is that though? Is it just easier to switch 10 scale brands? I believe so. It's cheaper. But then you have people that switch three brands every year. I, I don't think, know. 
I think um, it, well, eight scale is more expensive, and I don't know why. Our ten, our ten scale guys more, just more fanboys. I I think it's just more. Yeah, they you know they're more into looking good and I'm not saying the eight. There's lots of eight scale guys out there. Poses. Yeah, no, I wouldn't call them poses, but you know what I mean. Okay, yes, some of them are posers. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Like pink pinions, and all. I always tease Brent about it. But, um, yeah, you know, fa- like the 10-scale guys are more fancy than the 8-scale guys. They don't, you know, the 8-scale guys get dirty, you know, all that type of stuff. It's just, just an observation that was pointed out to me, and I think it's true. So that's probably why, like, a Joe Pillar's moving is big, is a big, it's very significant. And a Mayfield, like, a May, obviously, if Mayfield leaves Yokoma, that leaves them with nobody. Like, they won't follow, have nobody to follow. And be like, well, Mayfield was yeah. the fastest. I'm going to put his setup on. He's so <laughs> fast. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Is it true? Do 10-scale guys follow the, the racer? And do 8-scale guys follow the brand? Let, let us know. We want to know about this stuff. That's my RC thought of the week. Now, Joseph, I know we're bit, we've been talking for two hours and 12 minutes. Let's go on to the Techno RC main interview with Ryan Lutz, and we will come back for the rant. All right? Okay. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high-performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. So, joining me this weekend, he's no stranger to this podcast, but this is the first time he's doing it on video. I would like to welcome Mr. Ryan Lutz. How are you, Ryan? Hey, Keenan. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. I know you're busy. Um, uh, I hope your wife's feeling better. I know she's been sick. Um, I don't know how you do it. I say that all the time. You have four children, your wife, you you are... I strive to be like you when it comes to being a family man. So, I know you're a busy man. So... Thank you for your time. You're supposed to do this last week, but you got caught up. I got caught up. Uh, let's, we, I mean, you shocked the world again, the RC world again. I mean, you got me. You got me good. I didn't even, I saw this. I said, WRC. And I was like, nah, impossible. And like people were kind of teasing me about it. You don't know what's going on left. It's like, no, it's got to be this. And, you know, I love Silly Season and I love the fact that you play along with it. I think that's so awesome. So thank you for doing that because I think more pros should do that because it's fun. I think but, it's fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you did it when you when you switched from techno to Nemo and you did it this time and you're the only one that really gets into it. And thank you. Well, I also like what you do on social media and stuff like that. That's like when in my blog, I said you kind of went radio silent. Right. And I was like, you did for a while. And then when you said, when you mentioned that and I said, oh, you gave me a clue. It was radio system. And I was, you know, I was just trying to put <laughs> right. everything together. You really dug into that one. Yeah, oh, I love it. I just, you know yeah. what, man? Like, I don't mean any harm by this, but I think this is what the, the general public, like this is what people were talking about in the pits. Where's this person going? Who's going her? I'm going her. And I think it's important to our, our industry. And I think it should be made more of a big deal, but yeah, Thank I mean, you. look at baseball. You have like the trade deadline, and everybody's all into the trade deadline. Who's going where? And yeah, yeah, I agree. So, WRC man, wow, um, a stunner here, a real stunner. How did this? Okay, I gotta ask. 
we before we delve into anything, how how fast did this happen? Because I know, like last time you came on, we talked about Nemo. It kind of developed rapidly. It, at first, they said no, then they came back. And how did WRC come about? It was extremely rapid, and that's a big reason why it's able to be kept such a secret. Mm-hmm. And you know, five people guessed it right out of a thousand plus guesses. Yes, and it's it was like a two week process from contact to making it all happen and having the release. It was very fast. Wow. I mean, I, I will get into more of, of, of how that mm-hmm. happened, but I mean, obviously it shocked me. And then when I thought about it, I was like, S-Works wouldn't make too much sense for you because I know S-Works is trying to do 10 scale. Were they even, uh, uh, were they even in, the, in the mix or was I just out in left field guessing? Because everybody was saying S-Works. Not this year, no. I mean, they were two years ago right. when everybody was guessing S-Works also, mm-hmm. and they were more so then, but... This time, no, this was just, uh, there was no one else. It was this, this opportunity came up and I wasn't necessarily going to leave at the time. Mm-hmm. And just because of how the, everything came about in the last couple of weeks, it just made sense. And so I went with it. All right. Now, I know you haven't had much time with the car. You did run the e-buggy the other day. Have you got a nitro right. car in your hands yet? I have it halfway built, hopefully okay. to finish it today. Okay. So I just got a couple parts that came in for it. And got some option parts to try out as well. Nice. And hopefully going to debut it this weekend at the Ohio RC factory. Okay. That's the indoor track, correct? Right. Where okay. they have the Midwest champs every year. And back to alpha. I mean, you yeah. were the man for alpha. So congratulations. Um, I don't know how their engines are now. I haven't really heard since you left them. I haven't really heard about them much. So right. uh, what's going on with alpha? Anything new with them? Uh, what can we expect out of them from their engine line? They had good clutches too, I believe as well. Back in the day. Yeah, now yeah. they have, yeah, they had a very cheap clutch set that was, I mean, really good quality. Just the price point was amazing, a little mm-hmm. three-shoe clutch. And since then, in my departure time, they uh, developed a four-shoe clutch that's really easy to use as well. And I have all that stuff coming in. It'll be here all in about the 18th of this month. Mm-hmm. And so I have the clutches, and then they'll have the new, they'll have the old three-shoe clutches again in February. They sold out of all those. Okay. So they have that. And then uh, engine-wise, they got the new Dragon 4. So they, when I was done, they had the Dragon 3 was the newest. Okay. So they had the Dragon 4, and now the Dragon 4 Edition 2 that just came out. And that comes with a new carburetor that's a little bit innovative, and then a new backplate. So it's just all helping with the power and the smoothness and the idle and all that stuff. And you'll be selling this on your website, right? I yeah, LutzRC.com. Okay, yeah. so you'll be the dealer again in the, U- in the USA. Yes, so I'll be the importer so any shops that are interested can also contact me and get them wholesale listing and yeah awesome you got you're gonna be hustling man you're gonna be hustling because what you have in front uh, of you is an enormous yeah, a lot an enormous mountain to climb we've, I, we've talked about it privately and obviously you uh, you read my blog that i did a couple of days uh, last week sometime you know it's yeah. a it's a momentous task and i I, I should know of all people i know how this goes but you're ryan lutz and you're not I'm, i was nobody you are somebody like you know what i mean and I obviously, obviously, it was a little bit harder for me because I had to overcome the, and still to this day, overcome the stigma that's attached to the JQ Racing brand. But I think we've done right. a good job of that. But I mean, let's talk about the car, man. Let's, I know you haven't had much time on it. I know this, this is mostly a on-road company. When I did my research, I also know you said you, you, you don't really know too much about the owner. So I'm just going to say right. what we know, what I know, what I did. But let's talk about the e-bug. You went on to Adrenaline here the other day. You ran it. How is it? It was good. You know, I didn't have many tuning parts. I don't have springs. I don't have different pistons per se. And 
I, I drilled out the rear ones a little bit, but it's still the shocks are probably where I'm furthest away from being dialed in. But that's just lack of having the tuning options at the moment. Uh, but geometry wise, it did all the stuff I would expect it to changing camber links or, uh, kick ups, caster and all that. Everything responded well to the changes that I made ride height. So it was just, it just kind of, you know, I have no baseline. Mm. I don't have anyone to go off of. So it's all starting fresh. So I started with a completely stock kit, exactly how it comes out, exactly how they suggested to set it up. And one thing that was interesting was on their D block, uh, they have the pill fully out and down. So to me, normally when the pill's all the way out, I'm thinking four degrees of rear toe. It's a mental thing from previous cars. Mm -hmm. That's just what I think. So I started with that, and the rear was just stuck, locked in. And so I'm like, I have to go to middle because I personally can't run four degrees of rear toe. And I, I found out after the event that actually fully out is three degrees. And what I went to was two. Okay. So the car was a little bit loose with it in the center. But that was more of a mental thing, me not wanting to run four mm-hmm. versus but placebo, what it really man, was. Placebo, we're so used to that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it looked, when I saw the picture, it was a little bit loose in the 180s. But, I mean, this is mm-hmm. your first time with the car. And, and I yeah. like it like that. I mean, I set my stuff up like that anyways. Yeah. That's how I like it. You yeah. have the skills to do things like that. Us mere mortals, right. we don't have that. So, um, right. it looked good in the video. Uh, pillow ball, man. This is your first time running a pillow no. ball car. Nope. No? Really? No, I rode. I drove Mugen for seven years when I was a teenager. Okay, so it's been a long time. Though. How old are you now? Thirty-five. Yeah. Okay, so it's been twenty years. Let's say. But oh. uh, the prototype Durango in I think twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. we uh, they made it with when they were testing out different front and rear ends. They actually put a Mugen front end and then a Kyosha rear end on it, mm-hmm. and that's what I drove at the Worlds in twenty fourteen in Italy, really? where I seated fourth into the A. And then got up to third and then broke a prototype center driveline. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. So it was dialed. I mean, I think Pillowball definitely fits my driving style. Yeah, so I'm excited gonna, to be back with it. It's yeah. going to be interesting. And what I say to people, like, they all say, oh, and that's just a Mugen copy or the S-Rex is just this. And, you know, like, a lot of people think all Pillowballs are the same. Right. And it's been proven that they aren't. Some are di- like di- they are different. Like they do yeah. have different driving characteristics. It's well, like, saying like JQ just did. JQ mm-hmm. just did two or three awesome videos on the pillow ball versus C hub and the comparisons. And they're really great to watch and learn kind of some of the subtle differences and other things that people don't realize say like the hinge pin width and then your mm-hmm. arm length, all that makes a huge difference too. So while maybe a general layout looks the same or it has pillow balls, it looks similar mm-hmm. at the same time, those, those other changes that you can't really see just by looking at it quickly the hinge pin width arm length uh, different geometries like that on the angles of your drive shafts all that stuff makes a huge difference that people don't realize yes it does yes it does so um who do you talk to to get help for this car who are the it's this comes from italy uh i did some research on wrc world racing car at first it looks like world rally uh, championship so right. I, give, yeah. I give them props for doing that and getting away with it. I like that. Um, they come from a racing, a, f- a full-scale racing background, which excites me. Um, yeah. I, I dug deep. Luca Giato, he races Formula 2. I'm a Formula I'm a Formula, Formula 1 fan. His awesome. father, I believe, I, I couldn't find out too much about the actual company. It's it's really, I, it was hard, even though I was using yeah, there's Google. There's not much the, out there. There isn't yeah. much info, but apparently his father's name, Franco, he's been into racing. Apparently, they make some parts. I'm not sure they work with Formula 1, Formula 2 teams. But what excites me is I saw in Luca's car, like world racing car, radio control cars. And I was like, yeah. man, cross, 
cross promotion, man. This is what we need. Right. I hope. I hope they look pretty serious about on road. I mean, they they are a European yeah. champion in ten right. scale in sedan. They've been around. Uh, sound like sound like I hear your daughter. Sounds like when I have more. Nope. That's number three. That's the boy. Oh, okay. Hi, buddy. Thank you. I know all about that, man. I know oh, my yeah. daughter would be banging on the door right now. Like, <laughs> um. Oh, they they definitely have a rich on road history. Uh, eight scale on road, ten scale. Yeah. They have quite a lineup of of on road cars, man. Uh, like impressive. Yeah, they lineup. have pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know that Wallace at some point was. And remember when I first contacted you, I was like, oh, you're going to be with Wallace. And I, then you said, well, he's going all infinity. So I was like, oh, right. like, what's going to happen here? So it is, what what can you tell us about like the, the, the company? Like, who do you talk to in Italy that helps you out with developing the car? Uh, how much of a role are you going to play? I guess you're going to play a big role in developing the car. You're going to be very hands-on because you're the only real top guy driving it. So right. when you, t- I don't know if you talk to the owners or to talk to people, what was kind of like you guys discussion going into this that made you say, okay, I want to be a part of this. Uh, well, the initial discussion was with a North American distributor and that's who I'm truly sponsored mm-hmm. by. I'm not necessarily sponsored by the factory per se. Okay. So this was all done with a North American distributor with them gaining the rights, I guess, from Ben Wallace and what he was doing. So they're going to be importing all the cars and then knowing that the new eight scale platforms are out mm-hmm. and they plan on doing the full lineup. They want to be kind of like x-ray. They want to have everything. So they want to have the 10 scale cars also uh truggy will be coming. So they, they plan on doing all the vehicles and having a full lineup. So anybody who wants the RC can stick with the one brand and really enjoy it all. And uh, as far as when I went to adrenaline, I was there Saturday just racing during the day and I was able to contact Franco, Rebrecki, I think it is. I uh, used the designer for uh, the eight scale cars and basically just went back and forth, told him the things that I found in the build, told him the things that I was seeing on the track and basically say that the body was too thin. So the body came out to be like 0.5 on the sides, how it mm. leads down. And I'm like, this is too thin. He's like, I'll go to the factory on Monday and change it. Really? So things are going to be able to happen really fast. So they're doing change. Okay. So yeah. they're doing everything right there. In it's, all in house, yeah. wow. it's all in house. Yeah. It's all in house. It's like so. x-ray. It's just like x-ray then. Right. Then their goal is to be the Italian x-ray. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I wasn't sure that was going to be my next question. I wasn't sure if this was coming from Asia and they were right. distributing, but it sounds like you said, they're doing things right there. That, that is pivotal. Like when you can make mistakes, I'm sorry, when you can fix mistakes like that, Mm-hmm. It's, it makes life so much. I know, like, I know how hard it is right. to fix mistakes. And I don't even know fully, but I, I know I'm seeing what Joseph's had to go through. And that's good, though. That the, owners, the owners are into racing, number one. They do everything right. in-house. Obviously, I'll be honest, they obviously have some sort of money, some sort of wealth, because they couldn't be doing this if they didn't. Right. And they're willing, it looks like they're willing to make changes to make things better, which is always good, because it's always it's hard to work with people who, think like their product is the best and they don't want to make changes right now they want it to be the best per se and uh, we're negotiating the pricing right now and you know i was hoping to have the pricing be what i was initially led to believe was i could make it the lowest in the market per Mm -hmm. se but that's uh, unfortunately not going to happen uh just because as we know european brand it's going to be more expensive it's manufactured in-house labor is more expensive all that stuff so we're Still yeah. working on the price point. And then also to to your point earlier on if they made parts or anything for F1 and F2 cars, mm-hmm. they actually make at least, I heard, seven different suspension parts for Formula 1 and Formula 2 cars Wow, in-house. So Awesome. Like, they've got, you've got Formula 1 technology. 
open you up. That's yeah. great. That's, yeah. that's really nice, man. Um, what are they? What are their expectations from you? Uh, you are like, are you gonna be? At, I said you said you're gonna be at the big races. You know me. I'm I'm gonna push them. I want them to come RCGP. But if it happens, we don't know what's gonna yeah. happen in 21 at right. all right now. But um, I would love for them to join RCGP because they're a racing company. I would. Lo- I think it would be awesome. I'm, I hope the owners listen to this because I'm gonna right. plant the seed. I know you like RCGP too. Um, but I would like to see them. What are your? What is? What are you gonna be doing for the brand besides racing? What is your? What is your commitments to this brand? On a daily basis, because now this is like you got to be a team manager, salesman, all this stuff wrapped up There's in one. Pretty, pretty much right that it's everything right now. Mm-hmm. So basically, the North American distributor has basically said, "This is your company. You run it how you would want to run a company." And so I'm wearing all the hats, pretty much the starter, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be doing the, the team manager stuff, like you said. Once we get the pricing all up, I'm doing the pricing to get it up on the website. Somebody else built the website, and then we introducing the pricing that I'm making. And then as far as just the branding, I'm I'm it. You know, I'm going to be the one you know, putting myself out there and hopefully building the brand and how I would want to see a brand done. And got a couple other guys that are joining on that are helping out with um, the design work and things like that because I'm not great with design on the computer at the moment. And there's another guy that's going to be like the distributor area and do the customer service stuff. But I'm, I'm still obviously available by email and Facebook and all the different social media channels to help out where necessary. So yeah, it's wearing a lot of hats right now. And I know one of the things when you went to Nemo was you didn't want to travel much. Uh, but it seems like, are you going to be traveling more now with this, correct? So I, I didn't want to travel as much. I wanted it to be like every other week in mm-hmm. a way. So that way, one week at home and then, you know, the, the one week of traveling. Uh, now, this year, working with uh, USRC series a little bit more. I did a couple races with them this mm-hmm. year, and then we're going to do more next year with awesome. them. And that allows me, most of them are driving distance. So up to seven to eight hours, but they're short. So mm-hmm. it's just like a Friday practice, Saturday race. Mm-hmm. So it's only a three-day commitment in yes. general. So having the shorter events versus the long six and seven-day stuff that, include the travel you know those are the really hard ones yeah so i can potentially do more of the short ones yes um you've been really busy with usrc i've had i've talked to rob a lot i've had him on the podcast i like what they're doing kind of a Mm -hmm. grassroots series using existing tracks promoting them i think that's a great idea i hope it catches on outside of their region i know it's putting in a lot of work towards it what will be your role in that as well because that's something else you signed on as like the face for usrc right and i kind of knew that was coming but I thought that's why. That's also why I had like S works and all this stuff. Like everything, just oh, my mind was going crazy. Like, what? right? What's your role at USRC? So it's basically you know attending as many of the events that I can go to. I'm um, helping him promote the series, you know, in our region and our area that we bring the series to, and then also being able to go to say new tracks so I could do a USRC series race wherever I want. If say, if I want to go to, there's a track in Colorado that wants to have me out, I could potentially make that race a USRC series race. And then it allows me to be able to get out there. And then I offer a free little clinic on Friday after practice for anybody that wants to attend. And then we do the racing. And then my goal is to kind of like what JQ and you guys always mention, making the racing format more interesting, more fun. Mm-hmm. So I want to try to bring some maybe different ideas of racing formats. And if the tracks wants to do that, I know I have some ideas for those. And if, as long as the computer programs can do all the math and figure that out, I don't know much about the like, RC scoring pro and lifetime at the moment and what the, all their capabilities of are. So that'll be a learning experience, but hopefully just bring in new fresh ideas and 
you know, growing the grassroots, making, bringing some people to the tracks. Yeah. That's, that's what we need, man. We need new yeah. people. Um, we, we've talked in, we talked a little bit and now you're going to be like a team manager. So what kind of like, I think we need to, we need to talk some more about what we was talking about. I know it's going to be right. hard, but every day, yeah. nothing in life is easy. You know, it only takes a, a, a an idea to plant, you know, just plant that seed yeah. and, and, and bear fruit. Um, big races. So you'll be able to go to all the major big races. What races are you planning on attending next year? So they want me to go to the Nitro Challenge mm-hmm. for sure. And then I plan on doing most of uh, race time entertainment events as well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and probably a uh, silver state. I mean, nationals, of course. Yes. So they want me to hit most of the big ones, but being that I'm primarily sponsored by the North American distributor, but they, they also have control over North and South America. Okay. So you'd be going down South. So I might go down South a awesome. little bit. And I, I would say this is all going to cut out my European and Asian travel mm-hmm. per se, unless the factory themselves want me to come out, maybe to race a Padova or something in Italy. That's always a possibility, but mostly it'll be more focused in, uh, I guess, America and South America. Yeah. The, the South American Latin market, it's, it's not as big as Europe. You know, I've been through this. It's, it's right. difficult with their, their problem with, with the South American market is customs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of those prices that got, I remember like an Argentina guy was telling me it cost him 900 bucks to get a kit by the time it got there. Right. They, they, they really, it makes uh, it hard. Yeah. yeah with, even when we was traveling, they were searching, like we went into Argentina, they really searched our bag, my bag. <laughs> I don't know why. But. Well, just like when we went to world, yeah. yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. What they did to us. Yeah. I know all about, I have to deal with that type of stuff here too. So it's, that's the hard selling point in South America. Like you have to right. make it low enough so they can get it in and they can still, yeah, but it's going on there helps. I know it helped us. So good, uh, good luck. Good luck with that. I know it works. Thank you. Um, all right. So we're going to talk a little bit, you know, I'm off. I, I like you. Um, I, I consider you a friend. We had a great time at DNC just sitting off chatting. It was a thank you to Billy, everybody who let me, uh, I had a good time. I'll never forget. I think the funniest thing I, I remember was JQ came by and he was trying to be rude to me. And he goes, if you want him, you can take him. And you said, I'll take him any day. And I never forget. The look on <laughs> his face was like, and he just walked <laughs> off confused, and I was laughing, okay. laughing, so funny. Excuse me for a second. Sure. Oh, excuse me. Uh, good times, but I also, I also, I was sitting there with you, and I remember saying, "Come on, man, you gotta get angry. You gotta get. Oh, there, you got your shirt on. Finally, got a shirt. Yeah, yes. I got a shirt yesterday, last night. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was like, "Come on, man, you gotta get angry. You got I want you to do well. I know you can do better, but I just want to, I want to touch on your time at Nemo. So you ran into Nemo. You had a really great 2019. You had some great yeah. results. It looked good. Um, you came to RCGP. I was super happy to see you there. You had a medium RCGP. I thought you was yeah. going to be better. Yeah. I know you struggle with, especially that type of dirt and that track. Uh, you said that night, cause it's really, it is hard to race there at night. Um, yeah. that dirt is dark. It's shadows all over the place. Right. And then you, and then like you went to Montpellier and look, I, I think people do, honestly just do not understand how hard this race is. <laughs> right. I love this race. I watch That's it every awesome. year. Yeah. It has some of the best racing and you see people that you don't even know they're fast. Like that guy Duras who like punted you. Right. I'm sorry. That was, I'm sorry. I was like, that's Ryan being too nice. Like, I'm yeah. like, he should not have let that much space. I mean, obviously, but that guy's good at that track. He's really good at that track. And yeah. there's a lot of locals that are good at that track. And it, it took a lot of, I'm going to say balls to go over there and race that. 
And you didn't do too well. I think it was in the quarterfinal. You didn't bump to the semi. Yeah, pretty which much. Is, which is, I'm not going to lie, it's not good for you. But I understand no. that it's a hard track. Yeah, people don't realize, I don't think, that that track's been there for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And most of its layout has not been changed in that time. So those guys know the tires, know the sauce, know everything about what to do on that track. They, they can drive it blindfolded for the most part. And you go in there as a person that's never been there, you get three practice runs. And those were even, I think one of them got sprinkled on, so the track mm -hmm. conditions weren't even the same at all. So to have so little time to get comfortable, it's already a hard track to drive compared to what we're used to. Just the, the cambers and it's just very difficult. Yep. So it took a long time to learn and then just, it just takes a while to get that comfort level. And mm -hmm. when those guys are so comfortable with it, it just wasn't enough time, basically, and aggressive, along, with the, aggressive along with the rain. Yeah, and they drive hard, yeah. Uh, and just, so. to, just just, just, so you don't, uh, look, Mayfield went to this race and he finished sixth. So, and he hasn't been back since. So, right. this is a hard race. Then you yeah. went to DNC, unfortunately had a good truggy, good e-buggy, I believe, but did not make the, the main in at DNC. So, 2020 wasn't looking good. Then, obviously, COVID struck. Right. And then you did go, go kind of quiet for a while. I get that. Everybody, hey, you know what? Everybody deserves a break, man. You're going to be home if you're family. I get that. I get that. Right. And then, like, of course, the PMB thing. Now, let me tell you about the PMB thing. I respect your decision. I understand why you didn't do it because I've, I've grown up with uh, uh, religious and, and, and people may not believe it, but I grew up in the seven-day church, and I know about stuff like that. Okay. I'm not here to debate that. I just... And Billy didn't go. So it was kind of like, all right, so it's okay. I think you kind of should have went, but I understand. COVID, the, for your religion, all that type of stuff, I can respect that. I know a lot of people gave you a lot of criticism for that. Joseph, I kind of was like, eh, I kind of need, you needed to go, but I can respect it. You know what I mean? And you need a break, man. But you're going next year. You, 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 you came back. I honestly thought you was going to be out of RC, man. I was worried about it. I was like, are you coming back to RC? Are you going to do something? What kind of happened in this time... <clears throat> Uh, what was kind of going through your brain after DNC and all this type of stuff with COVID and what eventually led to you leaving Nemo or making that decision to leave Nemo? Right. So see if I can remember all this. Um, so going into DNC, you know, I already knew about COVID and I knew it would hit the U S and everything. Like I felt that in January. Mm -hmm. So like I knew it was out there and coming and I just knew it was a matter of time before stuff happened. But you know, we did DNC like you said, the Truggy and E-Buggy were good. Nitro Buggy just struggled. I don't remember exactly why, but it just didn't work out, you know, how we would hope. And then, obviously, we had planned to go back to DXR, too, where I'd won the previous year. So, really was looking forward to that in April. Obviously, that got canceled. Um, COVID. So, we were going to go to the PMB. And, you know, Billy was really reluctant to do anything with the COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his family didn't really want to travel or be out in it. And so he was the same. So I could have gone still on my own. And, but I've always just had that, just that issue with mm -hmm. the, the, that theme and how mm -hmm. much they really push that at that event. So I decided, you know, it was just time to, uh, for my convictions to make a stand this year and just say why, you know, I didn't want to go because of that. I understand that. I, I totally understand that because like, I know like mm -hmm. my auntie and my uncle who were the seven day, they would be the same way. Right. Know? So then the thing that's happened since then to allow me to think about going again, and this was even before I signed with WRC, was uh, reading Romans 14. Because mm -hmm. I talked with my pastor about it, and Romans 14 was just like, if something, 
stumbles somebody else. It's mostly relating more to food and drink, but if it stumbles them, you shouldn't do it in front of them to make them um, stumble because of your walk. Mm -hmm. But if something doesn't, if you're not convicted by something, then it shouldn't be a big deal to you either if you're not being convicted by it. Right. So I feel like it's okay to be able to go. Um, I always say I'm not going to be saying like, I appreciate the decor or anything else that they're trying to push message wise, but I just got to go and be the light that I feel like I can be. And there you go. So that's how I'm going to try to go about it. Yeah, I agree. And then, so you were talking about how the whole thing with Nemo, you know, we didn't have product. It even started when I first signed on, we were supposed to have the nitro buggy in January of 19 and the e-buggy a month later. Mm -hmm. So the nitro buggy didn't come out until July and then the e-buggy took another year. Mm-hmm. It and recently just lo- came out, I believe. Yeah. So a lot of that interim time, we didn't have kits to right. sell, especially as we got into 2020. We just didn't have kits. So it's like, I can't go be pushing vehicles to people when we don't even have anything to sell. Mm-hmm. It was such a hard situation. And I, oh, just, I know. I know all about it. It's kind of how it was with Durango even. That was a big reason I left Durango was I actually got flack from people saying, how can you support a company that doesn't have product to support their vehicles? Because they would be like out of a spur gear for a critical car for three or four months. And you just can't do that. And it's just so hard to be the person representing and pushing the product when they don't have the part support and the product to do that. So I know I know the whole internal situation, what was going on at Nemo. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like it's my mind right, to share. I have but, an idea of what what happened too. I've I've been in this these situations before, right? But uh, I think now you know Billy's got something going where he's going to be able to get the product a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot better for him not having my overhead on him as well, and he'll be able to kind of build back up. But I think his pro- part support should be a lot better now. His product support, and obviously he has both uh, newer kits, so everything should be fine for them now. It's just the whole timing of everything and how it came down. It just was time to do something different for me. Yeah, this is this is another list of different things that you've done. Like, let's go back. You went from Kyosho team manager to Tamiya in yeah. 2008 so to t- 2010. Yeah, so Tamiya was working directly with David Jun to help develop the car. Mm-hmm. And the biggest reason for leaving Tamiya was I went to a meeting with them. And this was after about a year and three quarters of being with them. And they said they want to keep the same platform for five years. Oh, no, that couldn't happen. I was like... We can't do this, guys. Yeah. Not an <laughs> this market moves. This market moves way too fast for that. I know. I know all about that too. <laughs> right. Um, then you went to Durango, which is I mean, like, you can't really blame Durango. I mean, a lot of people. You went with like I think was it you that went for us or was it like Rando? no? I was I was one of the later ones. I okay. think I was like third or fourth. There was already a pretty decent team, and they built us all at about the same time. Really, yeah. like they just built that super team. It was. You know, they had Boots and Savoya and you and McBride, Yorn, Yorn too. I think and Hoopo. Wow. I think I think it was like all of us. Yeah, well, there's a ton of guys. Of and so, like, I went to DXR that, or no, it was a Nemo Neo race that year, mm-hmm. and I made the A. I was the only one of all of us. All of us were there. I was the only one that made the A with the car. And they're all like, you're making us look bad because you made the A. And they, we were all struggling with the right. car. But I was able to still make the show with it. But, yeah, yeah, but we know what happened to Durango. That that's it. And then Techno, you know, Techno was the biggest shock for me when mm-hmm. I think I think they got, no, they uh, terminated with you, if I remember correctly, which even came to, uh, as a shock to you. Uh, because I think you had, you was very mm-hmm. pivotal in helping that brand. Uh, you was, and you know, techno is doing really good right now. I'm not, uh, Absolutely. for me, like I think, uh, techno is probably in my power rankings of teams. 
Tecna is pretty nerdy top. They just need them. Absolutely. In the USA. They don't, and outside of the USA, not too much. But I mean, I really like what they're doing. The, the proofs that they put in, the producing results. They got an awesome team from a pro level all the way down to yeah. uh, sportsman level and lots of lots of feedback coming on their very strong team. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but sometimes it's just, it's like, you're the journeyman. Like, you're the journeyman <laughs> in boxing. And right. I guess, I for me, I kind of wanted to see you go to Kyosho because you, that's kind of where you started. And I was like, well, if Lutz goes back to Kyosho, he can revamp their off-road program, save Kyosho, because I honestly think Kyosho is in a spot where they're going to come to a decision. Maybe not now, but, you know, they're not what they were back in their glory days. Right. They're not even really that existent in America at this point. They don't even have a team manager or anything like that. So it's like, right. this would be perfect for you to build this up, restore them to their glory, and then go off into, you know, ride off into the sunset. Right. Because you're 35. Let's be realistic. You're 35. you got four kids. I don't know how much time. How much time do you think you got left doing this? Hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, you, that's part of this new venture mm-hmm. is that it, it's going to allow me to have, if I want it, uh, to keep it in the future and yes. to keep doing what I'm doing. Maybe not as much of the racing, but mm-hmm. I could go into the um, more of a team manager or driver development role or who knows. Lots of I, opportunities I, opened up. Do you still have the hunger? Do you still have the urge to win? I love to compete. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I mean, I don't get, like you say, you want me to get angry. I don't. I'm not, not going to get mad just, at like, just like I saw like the you fierceness of it. Yeah. I'm like, man, I, I felt like saying to you, you know, you didn't make the final at Montpellier. You have to do good this race. Like, and I was <laughs> right. trying to say that subliminally to you right. because I just wanted to see you do well. But I, when I looked at this, I mean, a lot of people and even myself at first said, oh, this is about the money. This seems like a, a typical, like I always think about like when Greg and, and, and all these guys, when the, at the end of their career, they kind of went to a, a obscure company who paid mm-hmm. them well, and they just didn't care. They just wanted to get two years out. I don't think this is, I hope this isn't the case for you. I hope, I really want this to work out for, yes, there's another another chassis uh, brand in an already flooded market, which we, we all know. But this seems to be a little bit different. Like at first, I like now that I'm, I know that they're made in Italy, I did some mm-hmm. research into their background. They come from a racing, a racing background, which Joseph and I always talk about. It's good to have people that are into racing, into mm-hmm. this. I have hope they have a great lineup. They've been around since 1998, but you're going to be busy and you're going to be, it's yeah. going to be a lot of work. So I'm going to see you at DNC. You're going to have time to talk to me this time. You're going to be too busy. Yeah. Nah, and, I'll um, time. No, I'll be good. What, uh, who, who do you, I know, I don't know if you could spill the beans, but who can be else can we expect to be joining you at, at some of these races uh, on a, on a level? I know, I don't know. I have some, some theories about people who might be leaving, but who, who are you looking, are you looking to get some younger guys to, kind of build up the team and stuff like that? Or are you still trying to do the, are you, your plan is still do the two regional thing to a couple of guys that are really good in the regional, get the hobby shop, uh, selling the product and whatnot. Cause that was the game plan at first, correct? It was. And that was um, kind of based on the uh, price point that I was hoping to get mm-hmm. for the product. And with the price point not being quite where I wanted it, I'm going to have to kind of revamp a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we're still going to try to make it as good as we can. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as I wanted, but you know, we're just—they're willing to make a, a superior product and really nice items. And anything I need to have changed, if things aren't right, you know, they're willing to do it and do it quickly. So that's all going to hopefully be good selling points for it. And as far as team, I don't see us this first year. It's mm-hmm. kind of just building the brand, and that's the one difference I think between what you and me, like what makes it easier for a company when they have me to do all this stuff is that I can still go race yes. and 
be that image. Yes. Whereas it's more of an uphill battle for somebody that doesn't race as much mm-hmm. or doesn't have the profile. So I think that helps and that'll help me to be able to build it and build the image even with me maybe being the only driver this year, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it's going to, it's, it, I mean, I'm going to see you at DNC and like, honestly, it was just you and Steve and Billy at DNC this year. Right. And it's kind of, it's going to be, I'm going to uh, see you over there by yourself. I'm, I'm going to be over there. Hope, hopefully they send you a nice WRC 10 and you, you ain't at DNC by yourself. I hope you ain't. You need, I think as a racer, you definitely need that person that can watch your car. You know, that, that person that can give you some information, somebody that's knowledgeable. Right. It helps a lot. I think you had that with Billy as well. Obviously a good pit guy. And you had that with Techno. Yeah. So it's going to be, that's going to, like, it's a lot of little things people don't think about when yeah. you talk about doing it by yourself. And, but I think you can do it, man. You st- you're 35. I say you have five, five more years of good racing left in you. If yeah. you don't have any more children, <clears throat> you have another child, that's going to be cut down to two and a half. Right. I, right. Man, I don't know how you do it. Mother-in-law is huge. I got wonderful women in my life yes. between my mother-in-law and my mom, how much they help. So it's a huge blessing. You know what, man? We are so much like I have an awesome wife. My mom's awesome and her mom's awesome. So they all help out awesome. at the same point. Yeah. I just It's just going to be such an uphill challenge, man. Uh, can oh, we, yeah. Will we see you dabble maybe in some of the on-road stuff? Uh, I hope so. I want to drive an eight-scale on-road so you bad. Do? I think, that, I think oh, it yeah. would be good. I've I think, done it once. I got to drive it uh, Revelation Raceway. Where, uh-huh. you know, that used to be an on-road track where the off-road track is. And I, when I was working with Kyosho, uh, me and Joel went out there, Joel Johnson, and one of the other team drivers let me drive his car. And Joel TQ'd, I qualified second out of 27 guys, I think it was. Yeah. And in the main, I was running second behind Joel. I think he was two laps up on me. I was two laps up on third. And then my glow plug fouled. Wow. I think so you I could like, do that. That could be your retirement class too. Yeah. I'd be all right with that. How about um, <laughs> Gil? Is it Gil? What did Gil think of your move? Cause I know he's somebody that you respect and I, I do, but I haven't spoken with him about it yet. Actually. Uh, he's going to be the guy to help you though. When you get yeah, to races and so. watch your car, that man, yes. is, he could sit back and just watch a car and tell you what you need. To do. Yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's an uphill battle. I mean, we're kind of like, now we're both team managers, but, you know, like we're, we're smaller companies. So I, I was telling you that I think our smaller companies need to stick together anyway. And, you know, I, I just wish you all the best. Uh, let's uh, part support for these cars, all that stuff. How's things looking like if somebody's interested in getting one of these cars, what can they mm-hmm. do? How do they get in contact with you? Hobby shops, all that stuff. Right. I mean, at the moment, mm-hmm. we don't have it yet. You know, this is all getting built. We kind of released the information sooner to kind of start to build the brand, get the mm-hmm. image out there. And then hopefully everything's like full stock, everything beginning of January. Okay. And I know they already had the big shipment of kits coming. And then part wise, uh, the distributor also has a different business of with logistics and whatnot. So they're able to get stuff shipped over quickly and... So parts wise, if anything's ever out of stock, they can get it super quick, and get it over here. Yeah. So hopefully parts support will always be very, very good for this, for the products. How about the quality of, of it? You've, you've had it in your hands now. You've raced it. I know it's, it's like people cannot, people tell people you cannot judge this car yet. It hasn't. Yes. I've seen, they had some people been racing it over in Italy. I don't really know anybody else mm-hmm. that is raced, has raced it in America. I think David Gibson is the only guy I know that's right. that's uh that right, has for a while. Yeah. Well, he blocked me, so I can't <laughs> I don't know. So um he blocked me for nothing. He blocked me because JQ blocked him. But uh yeah, it's just it's just I I, I, I don't want to judge his car because it's hard to judge a new car. 
but I just wanted right. to get your opinion on the quality of the build and like, did everything go together? Did you have to tinker a bit, you know? So the weird thing, I guess when I was building it, so say like the servo, mm-hmm. I actually have a car right here. Okay. So the servo didn't have screws to hold the servo down. Okay. There was no way to hold it down. And I asked him about it. I'm like, why is there no screws for this? And he said, oh, in Italy, we just like to, you know, everybody does their own thing. Some people bolt it with straps or, I mean, there was just, I guess they all do it their own way. I'm like, that's not going to work in the American market. You know, we need screws, not something that's going to work. And then if somebody wants to do something else, they can, but they need to have something to put it together right away. And so like, okay, okay, we can do that. We'll make sure that happens. So how did you secure it? Did you put screws in it? Yeah, I put screws in some, I have to use low profile nuts based on, they have a a brace underneath it that kind of blocks being able to use a full size nut. So you have to use a, a narrow one. So, but otherwise the build, uh, the hinge pins and the, the balls into the camber links and whatnot all fit perfect. Like no reaming necessary, mm-hmm. no opening up the arms. So that was really, really nice. No having to pinch the, the end of the links. Yeah, the fitment was amazing. I've ran the car. I've been keeping track of exactly how long I run it. Every time I run, I'm timing it on the radio, mm-hmm. making notes of every single run. And I've got over three hours on it. I've changed the center diff fluid, maybe an hour in, the front diff fluid, maybe two hours in, and the rear I haven't touched still. And then just looking at like wear, I mean, the tracks I've been on haven't been high wear tracks, mm-hmm. but there's very minimal wear. Uh, looking at all the metal, the metal looks amazing. I mean, the spur gear, three hours, it looks like brand new. Mm. I've never seen that. That's probably the most impressive thing. So I've been really impressed with the quality of it. buggy at that too. Yeah. So it's over three hours of running. I'm very happy with how everything's holding up. Uh, the, the slop is hardly there. They made the tolerances, if anything, on... Some of the shimming is a little tight uh, for the rear hub. Uh, there, it comes with a big four mil shim, and it's probably like 4.2. It actually makes it a little too stiff, so you have to grind it down a little bit, at least I did, or use a different kind of shim. And then the upper uh, caster link, you're supposed to put three shims in there, but three makes it too tight to me, so I'm just using two, and mm-hmm. I could probably add another two or three tenths in there just to shore it up a little bit. But that's the only thing I've seen that I would rather it be a little freer than what it is, but everything anything, else has been really good. Anything uh, ingenuitive that stands out to you with building the e-buggy or the nitro kit? Um, I know like the links, somebody's probably done it before, but can we see it? Where are we at? The little spiral mm-hmm. thing that they put around the coupler here. Okay. You got to kind of like thread it on with your fingers. It took me a oh. while to figure out how to get it on. So that was kind of cool. I normally have like a set screw, but that kind of, Create okay, like so a, bind, a bind point, so and that just use sits a over the pin. Screen. Yeah, no. To secure it to the drive, the drive shaft. Right, you just have that that wire basically that goes around it and keeps the pin in. Wow. So, so it, instead of so, okay, so coming out of the coming out of the rear and front center uh, rear diffs, it's I can just about see. It. Okay, I see it. I see it. I see it. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and it's held up for three hours. So on an e buggy. Yeah. So yep. I guess it's good to go. Awesome, man. I, I'm, this has answered a lot of, que- of my questions because I was, you know, I was like, wow. I love, I mean, hey, I love the fact that they want to make changes. That's just like X-Ray. Sure. X-Ray can go be like, oh, we don't like this. Let me go make another one in my factory. It makes right. things so much easier than dealing with factories in Asia and stuff like that. And you have to worry about tolerances and making mistakes and then shipping a shipment of bad stuff that you have to get set. Oh, it's just as... It's torture, man. It's torture right. dealing with some of these. It's, it's not as easy as people think. Right. So our American distributor also just spoke with the owner, mm-hmm. and 
he said he wants to have the product be the best it can possibly be. And they're going to push for that. So yeah, have to. they want, and like they said, they have the racing background, so they want to, they want to be good. Ooh, I, I mean, I would honestly, oh, and, and sorry, he also wants to do a, a tour of the factory and show all the machines and everything. He wants to do that for everybody. So I would, I would, yeah. I, would I would go Italy just for that. Right. Um, I really would like to get the owner on. I wonder if his son is into RC at all. Uh, does it? Add I think that's why they they mm-hmm. started the company was I think the son was interested in it and they just kind of built it from there. But then obviously they did the full size, which takes up a lot of their time. But I would say so. Yeah, you definitely get more power and fame and money in Formula One yeah. than you do in RC. Right. So I would be doing that too. I, I think it would be good to uh, maybe once he gets more established, maybe he could come on her. I don't know how his English is. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, it'd be good to just find. I want. I really want to know more about them. Uh, what I would. I really hope they have. I know maybe this is like their their hobby kind of thing, mm-hmm. but you know me. I really want to do some cross promotion, man, and get this what we do in front of a lot of people. Right. And um, we need to make RC awesome, man. We need more people in there. We need my campaign for 2021. Make sponsorship prestigious again. So there we go. We'll see how like that it. goes. But anyway, Ryan, I know you're busy, man. Thank you for your time. We've gone over our little time limit here. I wish you all the luck. I can't. Uh, I hope to see you at DNC. I really hope to. I hope I could be yeah. there. I want to see this car. Just you know, I want to catch up on our conversation we was having that that day. Awesome. I have more questions for you. I'm trying to stump you. Looking forward to it. And um, thank you. I appreciate all your time, man. And thank you. Good luck. And ha- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and all the listeners and everyone else. Thank you all for watching and you're doing a great work, Keenan. We appreciate it. Right. And if anybody wants is interested in these cars, please contact you on Facebook, email, whatever you can. Yep. All that. All right, (laughs) man. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. One. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. It is that time of the podcast, everybody. It is time for the JQ Racing Rant. Shout out to all my JQ Racing family around the world. Love you guys like life. Thank you to JQ Racing and me, I guess, because I'm a part of JQ Racing for bringing this rant to you. Right, Joseph? Are you ready to rant? I'm ready. All right. So I've been wanting to rant about this for a little bit. And it kind of got, I've been thinking about this for a while. And I kind of saw it, uh, Daniel Adams did a talk it up Tuesday on Live RC, and he said something that resonated with me. <clears throat> and it's something I've been thinking about. And, okay, before I, I, I really say what he said, I want to say the title of this rant is Let's, I don't know if I want to call it, Let's, my, my, I have a new campaign in 2021, with many other campaigns. Let's make sponsorship prestigious again. I was going to say let's make it great again, but, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. So I just left it at prestigious. Why? Because we constantly hear people complaining about how, I mean, we do too, how everybody's getting deals. And it's, it's obvious that this, the way we do uh, the business model in RC is unsustainable. It's starting to collapse on itself in certain ways. If people can't see it, I mean, even though we're not sure what's going to happen with Yokomo, it's a sign that things aren't really, you know, people are tightening up belts and 
things aren't good and good in racing in RC. We can fool ourselves with entries over participants, but if you really look at it, it's still 250 to maybe 300 people that go to some of these bigger races. And it depends where you go, but most of these races, let's say 200 to 250 people in certain regions. So yes, while RC is still doing, is still going, it's, st it's still not growing at all. But we have everybody that's on deals and the, the, and everybody calls them contract customers and all this type of stuff. And, you know, it's kind of, yes, the, the allure and the, the romance and the importance of having a sponsorship has diminished. I will, I will agree with anybody. I mean, back, I remember I never even thought I could get sponsored back in the day, <clears throat> nor I had a dream of it. You know, I did get sponsored by the local hobby shop first and stuff like that. That was cool. But now let's be honest, like the sponsorship game is, is really out of control and it's not unique to RC. I heard this happens in other industries, the cycling industry, stuff like that. So I've been thinking of a way that we can kind of bring some, some, some sort of regulation and some sort of pre prestige back to actually being a, a sponsor driver. So I remember Daniel Adams said something, he would like to see something like a cap put on teams for team drivers. And this is before, I think this is before ProLine announced that they were going to sell or whatever. And that resonated with me. So I've been thinking about this. I might have, have I mentioned this to you, Joseph? I've mentioned it to a few other team, team managers what, uh, and a couple of other people. Sponsored drivers? Yeah, I think we should. I know this will never happen. This is a dream, right? But I think there has to be some regulation between these, our, us companies. It has to start with the chassis companies because, you know, that's where people are jumping around the most, like jumping around to chassis to chassis. We're slowly cannibalizing ourselves by giving better deals. And all we're doing is just like, just really making like, in some cases like us, like we, we, us, like as a small company, we can't compete with the deals that Associated and Techno and, and all these other companies are, are giving. So it puts us at a disadvantage. It's not, I know people say, well, it's a fair marketplace. You can do whatever you want to do. But I think there should be some rules. It would, it would be good for the managers and the companies, and it would be good for drivers. Like it gives them something to work towards. And then it also gives new drivers something to work towards. And it brings some, just some importance to being a team driver again. Maybe each re like each you're kind of close to the, to the, to the headset, to the microphone or just so I can hear myself coming back. Maybe we all agree as team managers, like, okay, obviously associated and some of these companies probably need more drivers than others. I don't know how we work that out. I still, it's just a, a dream in my head, but maybe each, each region has a cap. So many drivers on this, this, and like make all the discounts like the same, I would say like make all the discounts the same. So it's no real disadvantage or whatever. And just have some regulation to this stuff, man. You know, we're all kind of tired of seeing like, you know, like going through the whole process of getting more drivers on and then they leave, they only do a year with you and all that type of stuff or, or companies that don't really appreciate the drivers that they do have that are putting in work and aren't getting the recognition because there's so many other drivers out there. If you narrowed all of this down, you could have much more control. It gives, you know, and then hobby shops can probably start selling product. You can get people that are sponsored by hobby shops. Like let's start out. I would make rules. Like I would make rules where if you don't have two years experience, you can't get a sponsorship from a factory. You have to you try and get a sponsorship through your hobby shop. And then if, it, if you get better 
and the hobby shop makes a recommendation to a set company. Hey, this guy likes running this car. He's doing good. Maybe you guys can take him over and he can bump up to this level. You know what I mean? It's lots of things that can be done. But what it takes is us as manufacturers coming together and actually just having some rules. Like, for one, there should be some people out there that probably don't even get deals again, ever. Like, because they just hop from car, from brand to brand, which is fine. Which is fine to me. If you pay full retail from your hobby shop, maybe you got a little break from your hobby shop. You can go to brand to brand all you want. But if you're going to brand to brand, getting a different deal, sometimes switching brands three to four times in a year, that's ridiculous. And that needs to stop. Also, it will build up more brand loyalty. People will be like, all right, I got in the door. I know if I, if I do this, it gives more structure to everything, you know? All right. I just, I just think it could be, it could work, but it takes like just us as the managers probably come into an agreement first. Maybe it takes the small managers of the smaller companies to come to no poaching. I, look, I am guilty of all this stuff. I've poached drivers. I've sponsored drivers that probably don't deserve to get sponsored. But it's come up like I didn't invent this game. We didn't invent this game. We're just kind of using, like, taking advantage of it because everybody else is doing it. Because you, if you don't do it, somebody else, like, if I don't give this guy a deal, somebody else is going to give that guy a deal. What I do try to do is groom that driver and show him where he goes wrong and help him along his process, his journey uh, as, as an eight-scale driver, mostly eight-scale. But I just think that we need to, we as it, we need to make, we need to do things differently here as manufacturers, as everything. If you, if you're caught like poaching drivers before, before a season's up or before their contract's up, then maybe there's some sort of penalty for, to, to that company or whatever. I know this is all like just dreams and possibility, but I mean, this happens in professional racing. F1, I mean, Ferrari just can't go do what they want to do. There are rules and regulations to trying to keep some of the smaller teams competitive with the bigger teams. I mean, it doesn't work, but you get what I'm saying. Here we are. We have professional drivers, but they're, like Joseph says, there's absolutely no professionalism in RC whatsoever. We think it's professional, but it really isn't. But I just think this would help out a lot. It will bring a lot more prestige to, to, to sponsorship. It will keep, it will, I think people would build up more brand loyalty. You would stop all this every year, getting a different deal. Like, I just think we need to, we need to take like the reins and, and just put a little regulation in this. Yes, I get it. Everybody wants to get a deal. Everybody wants to save money. I know we just, I just tried to get cheaper hacks from Joseph early in this podcast, but I'm realistic. I'll pay for the hacks. I'll pay for that. I just don't, I just don't know. Like, I just would like to see more prestige come to it. And it, it just takes the co cooperation of everybody to do it. How about you, Joseph? You listen to me ramble on for 10 minutes. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's really difficult because well, yeah. you can't really make rules like that. Like, yeah, okay, you can only give a discount to this many drivers. I, that would never work. I know there are many things that make it a difficult market because, well, let's list them. So, okay, so one, there are too many brands in a mm -hmm. small market, so it's saturated, too much choice. So that's one. So there's not enough market share for everyone to make it sort of worthwhile. Right. Okay, that's one problem. Second problem, there's there's also some 
the market is skewed in a way because there are some companies and brands that don't do it professionally. Like they don't rely on money from sales to run a business. So they are spending money in spending money and they have products to sell. So that makes it also a bit harder for the companies who do rely on this market for their income. They are running their business like a business. They need to make money. They need to succeed, but they are competing with brands who don't really care. They can, they don't need to make money. So that's difficult. Then when it comes to racing, this culture of everyone being sponsored and everyone being uh, a pro, it's not helping when mains have 18 drivers and five car podiums and everyone is the same. Like if you mm. just, if an outsider was to look, they are all on Circus RC, they are all on Neobuggy, they all have Nobody the same t-shirt with logos on them. So to some extent, they are all the same. <laughs> they mm -hmm. are all up on the websites. They all have the same team clothing. They're all team guys. So there's no separation between true professional and, and non-professional. So it's easy for drivers to feel like they deserve more than they, I think they deserve. And then that goes all the way down to the discount thing that you pick up a new hobby and you immediately qualify for big discount yeah so we need to stop that but yeah i i don't know exactly what the solution is maybe it will take someone maybe it will take a few companies to decide to do it differently and then if they can somehow still be successful then other companies would start to follow that model but yeah it's it's I think we have to accept that this is how the market is. I know, so but it's this, this is the market. Everyone is sponsored and we need to figure out a way to to run a, run a business in this market, not try to not make it worse, try to make it better mm -hmm. and to grow that, grow the size of the market. That's well, her, well, really here's it. what I think instead of Instead of us going to these races and trying to impress 200 other people and trying to like just go behind people's backs and sneak other people over to your team and all this type of stuff, you can really focus on the track and racing and do your talking there. You know what I mean? It's just like, and then we can, then the manufacturers can stop focusing on trying to just cater and steal, you know, drivers from each other every year. And focus and put some effort into, hey, let's let's grow this. Let's make this bigger somehow. If we all work together, we can make it bigger. There's not one way. There's many ways. And we need to do it all together. But it, it comes down to getting people to work together. Maybe a few of the lower team managers get together. Like, I think there should be some people there that should never get deals again, too. And there's some, and look, there's companies out there that don't really care who's on their team and stuff like that. You know, there's, and I think that's wrong too. I just think when you kind of make it smaller, a more exclusive type of thing to attain, like it used to be, it's better for the, for the person that's in, that's driving the product. It's better for the company. It's better for RC because then 
uh, people can see, okay, there's some sort of structure here. I want to, there, you know, there can, there can be some hope to getting different things and, 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 you know, just, it can be so much better, but it takes everybody working together. And I know a lot of people is probably going to say, well, left is completely going off left field out in left field here, but you know, it's a dream I have make sponsorship prestigious again, make it mean something. Let's start somewhere. Let's start as manufacturers working together with something we can all agree that like our business model isn't the greatest. Let's try and bring some regulation to it. Just because I may be some small manager from JQ racing doesn't mean that we can't work together. Just because you're some big conglomerate, we all have to work together. We all need to grow this hobby and focus on this and take care of the people that are in this industry better at the same time. And also I think there has to be some more loyalty towards brands that you go to. If, if a company is giving you support, show that loyalty back and be, you know, I mean, just, just like, there's something to say about being loyal to brands. Like I see people that save with brands for 14 years, all the race time. Look at Neil Craig. He's one of the rare, the rare guys in RC that has been with a brand his entire career, almost pretty much. And he's been successful. That doesn't happen in RC anymore. And we kind of just need to get back to that a little bit. Let's focus on who's going to be sponsored and trying to just like, like at these races, smiling at each other. And all the while we're trying to steal drivers. That's all we're trying to do. Let's be realistic, Joseph. We're going to these races to try and get more people to join our teams or by doing good on the track, looking good in the pits. Are we not? I mean, that we want to also have fun and, and show, like I know, we want to show the people that come to support us at these races a good time in the pits and give them the professional feeling. But at the same time, we're like, hey, if we, instead of that, we can be focusing that energy. Yes, we still have to do, like, treat people good because these are our customers. Yes, you may be a sponsored driver, but you're a customer. You choose to drive this car. So I, I appreciate your support because I'm going to treat you as good as I can. But that just limits it. When you have so many, you just lose that. Like, you know what I mean? I just think, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't have any sponsored drivers. I'm not saying we should have big deals. I just think we should have some regulation. And maybe that has to start with just the team managers. Maybe there's like, I always heard there's this list that these team managers have. And it has drivers that they're never sponsored or, or stuff like that. We as team managers too, well, I don't talk to all of them, but, you know, it's just simple as making a group and saying, hey, what do you think about this person? Well, he was with HP this year, this year, this year, this year, that year. If you see somebody that's a pro prolific, like prolific, prolific, pro pro what's the word I'm looking for? Prolific. prolific chassis, like sponsor jumper, then nobody should give that guy a sponsor. But see, then it's like, well, somebody has to get the business. But if you kind of just, I'm not, and, and if you're a person who feels you're at this company and you're at the tail end of, the, the sponsor list and you're not getting the support that you want or the attention that you want, or you just feel like you're just another cog in the wheel. Then if it's a smaller team presence like that, it can be better. It could just be better. It can be better. I just don't know. It's just a dream. It probably takes somebody with much more brain capacity than me and somebody with more, more, what's the word? More, um, what, does, what's the word? Like when you have more, uh, IQ. power, Huh? IQ, I said. <laughs> IQ. <laughs> uh, more more power, more ability to get people behind them and move them. Like everyone's like. Influence. Yeah, more influence in the community. Um, so I don't know what the solution is. I me neither, ma'am. I don't but know. But it would where be to nice. Begin. 
I kind of know what needs right? to change, but I don't know how that can happen. There's, there are too many brands that the market is too small. Too many people are sponsored. There's no separation between pro and amateur. If, if that sort of separation existed, it would also be more natural for companies to sort of also separate. Okay, these people get support and these people don't. These people are amateur customers. You know, just take care of them well and they'll support your company. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day they earn some sort of support. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, there's just I none guess, of that now. There's no I structure guess, like that now. I guess, I guess I'm a little bit, because I remember when I first started working for you, it's like people's like, oh, like you just, you just, you just came into the RC industry and you just got everything you wanted. I was like, ah, uh, no. I actually came in here. I had to make a commission off my sales. I, st- I, I paid for my first car, which is still in North Carolina, off commissions off my sales. And then I worked my way up. You know what I mean? I, I can honestly say I earned my position because you made me work for it. Had you just said, all right, Keenan, here's a car. Here's this. Here's, a, here's this. Let's go. I wouldn't have appreciated it, correct? And yeah. you also needed to see, is Keenan... Is Keenan really about this or is he just BSing me? Little did you know it would lead to us having a podcast three, almost four years later. Isn't yeah. that insane? But people, people like ask me, well, I want to like, I, I feel bad. I just got to, I got to touch on this real quick. I feel bad because I had a, I don't know his name. I, I just know he's got a different name on Facebook, but he messaged me and I think he messaged you and he was asking me, I know this is kind of off tangent, but he was asking me, how do I get a job in RC? I want to work in the RC industry. And my response was to him was, I don't think you really want to work in the RC industry because it's not easy and it's not a lot of money involved. And people always say, I don't care about money. Well, you do care about money, man. Bills have got to be paid. You know what I mean? And people are crying and, and babies are crying and all that type of stuff. And I felt kind of bad. Like the guy stopped talking to me. He hasn't, he hasn't talked to me since. And I think he, he even messaged you and you said he, he, he didn't have enough experience. So I didn't want to bum him out. And I asked him, I said, hey, so what are you good at? And he still hasn't answered me. And it's been weeks. So like, if you're, you probably ain't listening to this podcast. I apologize if I didn't give you the answer you wanted. I'm just trying to be truthful. It's hard, trust me, to work in RC. Especially like to get your foot in the door. The only reason I was able to do it was because I, he gave me a chance and I took the best opportunity of it. I'm sorry, I just went off on tangent. But yeah, um, the sponsorship thing, I think we need some regulation. And I think it has to start at the managers. At least agree not to poach each other's drivers or something like that. You know, at, at first, if somebody comes, hey, in the middle of a season, I want to switch over a car. Unless you and that, like, if you talk to that manager and say, look, if he really doesn't want to be here, I don't want him to be here. You know, let, you can make an agreement and say, okay, we can, dis, we, can, we can make another contract for you where you can leave your contract middle of the year. But if not, just let it like, just like stick to that. Like it just builds up better. Like it just be better. Like for everybody involved. I don't know. I've been brainstorming it. Let me know what you guys think. I know everybody still wants to get some sort of deal. I know racing is expensive, but I mean, racing is getting more expensive because everybody's got a deal. So obviously the cost of things need to go up at some point. I'm just saying, so I don't know. Let's make our, let's make RC sponsorship prestigious again. That's what we need to do. Among other things, like getting proper government bodies and growing the industry and all this type of stuff. But hey, whoever said everything would be easy? 
were up to the task at uh, the No Name RC Podcast and JQ Racing. I think that's it for me, Joseph. My lights are dying out here. Um, we've rambled on. It's been a good podcast. It was great recording with you. Next week, we have the Christmas podcast. You have to go out and get a hat, Joseph, because you're going to be my happy little elf in this. We're going to have trivia. We're going to have giveaways. We've got, two, we've got a book to give away. We've got a JQ hat to give away. We've got a couple of more goodies coming up. <clears throat> the patrons get two chances of giveaways because they're also patrons. They get stuff too. Joseph, are you ready for our last show of the year next week? Yeah. Christmas show. Are you going to be like my little helpful elf Poindexter? Nope. That's not the answer I wanted. Remember, guys, uh, I just want to, you know, just tune in. It's going to be live. It's going to be fun. You're going to be able to win stuff. And it's Christmas time. Who doesn't love Christmas? That guy. That guy, he doesn't like Christmas. If he came down to visit me, he would like Christmas. But, uh, look, <laughs> thank you to all the No Name RC podcast supporters around the world. Thank you guys for the love. I know we missed last week. Thank you. We appreciate it for all the support in the last two years, especially in 2020. I know it's been a hard 2020. Listen to us ramble on. I, I appreciate that. Thank you all the patrons of Patreon. Greatly appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to be a patron of the, of the podcast, the, written, the, the, the link is in the written description. I'll also leave a, a written uh, a link for Joseph's Patreon and his YouTube channel. Remember, we're trying to grow our YouTube channels. Joseph's on the way. I'm growing. I'm trying to get 500 subs. By the end of the year, I'm like 425. So if you listen to this podcast, please go to the NNRC YouTube. Give me a sub, a comment, and a, uh, what is it? A sub, a comment, and a hit that notice button. Do the same for Joseph at JQ Racing TV. Um, hey, shout out to all the awesome sponsors that support this podcast. They are Mayako, Rob's Oil, Sun City RC, Techno RC, RCMX Online, Manscaped.com. Use that promo code at Manscaped, no name, all caps. Lots of good deals for you, for stocking stuffers. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, we also have another promo code. Check them out. They're having some Christmas sales as well. Shout out to JQ Racing, Beach RC. If you can, please use our affiliate link and Beach RC, JQ Threads, Wally Built, Racecraft USA. Get yourself a command module. They're badass. And I just want to thank you to all our sponsors uh, for the support this year. Some are leaving at the end of this year. Some are staying. If you wish to be a part of this podcast and advertise, hit me up. We're, getting, we're doing big things in January. We'll be doing these YouTube videos and everything else. Thank you, Joseph, for your time. Keep up the good work with the videos. I look forward to doing our video here soon. Shout out, to, and I have to really shout out to all my JQ Racing family, man. Thank you guys for all the love. Without you guys, none of this is possible. And thank you to everybody that's buying Joseph's book and supporting your videos and all that stuff because it helps us too. So thank you for that hard work and thank you for that support. Joseph, do you want to say thank you before we uh, we we to shout out a little before we sign off here? Thank you to everyone that bought the book invisiblefeed.net 200 books sold yeah man good stuff 200 books yeah. sold. the pressure's on now yeah well, i know i mean fuck i've it's been such a long process i know it's good so i just have to wait for people to get it and confirm that i guess well man i'm excited for you i'm excited for you 
And uh, yeah, and your videos are killing it. So check it out. Show us, remember, showing our sponsors some love. Show us the podcast some love. Christmas show live next week. We want you guys to call in. We want you guys to participate. It's going to be a party. Joseph's probably going to be drinking for me. I don't drink no more. Well, not for another year, six months. Oh, yeah. We should do a drunk podcast. That would be good. Oh, uh, I don't drink anymore. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not drinking anymore. How long? Um, And, yeah. Forever? I don't know forever, but not to the end of the, not to end of next year. Until you hit 200 pounds. Yeah, there we go. I'm not, I don't want to be 200. I want to be 250. I'll be happy at 250. What are you now? Like 340. Yeah. Okay. So, um, hey, 2021, that's a big part of my 2021 is getting in shape. Uh, I'll talk, talk more about that on my vlog. Trail life rules. I'm going to use that to get in shape. I'm going to bring you guys along with me for that journey. Just, man, we need you to hit the sub, that sub buttons on YouTube. Keep showing the sponsors some love. If you want to be a patron, we greatly appreciate it. Tune in for the Christmas show next week. You can win some stuff. Get your RC media up and going because you're going to need it next week. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, Joseph. And I know this is long. If you ain't, uh, what is it? Nitro is the glory, but e I mean, he said it 200 plus times. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And remember, hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, lefty. Nothing to say, Joseph? My battery died, just like uh, the lights. All right. Goodbye. Mine did too. Talk to you guys next week on the Christmas show. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.
so bad. <laughs> 